0: Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Fairly Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon, Giovanni Samuels, The Science Machine, Michael Green, The Sci Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban NerdCon. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit TheUrbanNerdCon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there.
1: Hello. Good evening. Welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Marcus Green, Kelvin Rozier. Uh, I guess we can still say Happy New Year. Um, uh, yeah, I Happy New Year, year champ. Yeah, <laughs>
2: what's up, champ? Two
3: years, three years in, we haven't. The bloom hasn't gone off the rose yet.
1: Three days, three days. I don't know what's the what's the timeline. You get don't you get like what five days to say Happy New Year to people, and then after that, it's like cut it. Like no more Happy New Year. Was it like five five days? I said, first time you see him. Oh, well, hell, okay. So,
3: until, unless it's like, you know, summertime, then it's too late. But I,
1: yeah, well, obviously, yeah. But I mean, like, after five days, no one should be saying, you know, Happy New Year. I don't care who it is, even if I've seen you, you know, even if it's the first time. I'm just saying, you know, just just a thought. Uh, Thank you. It ain't that deep. Yeah, I know. I know. Just a little quick banter here. Uh, Thanks for coming in, joining us, everybody who's watching us. On Facebook and YouTube, if you're watching us on the Black College Sports Network Facebook page, uh, we appreciate you. you. Might be watching us on X, also known as Twitter. Uh, appreciate everybody watching us on the uh, JBN YouTube page. Uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks is the parent company of the Black College Sports Network, which we are a part of. So that's uh, make sure to hit the thumbs up button wherever you are. Hit the bell and so on and so forth, so that way you can get these Ding. notifications. Exactly. And always make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, we got Instagram. got sound effects. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At ONG Strike Zone. Uh, we appreciate it. And those of you watching on YouTube, on the JBN, you can always donate with the uh, Super Chat donation. It's always helpful, or you see right there that Cash App donation it helps us to continue to do some amazing things. We're looking to try to to do some things this, uh, up uh, upcoming year for our show. I always like to say a cup of coffee. You know, uh, you know, don't, don't have to break the bank. You know, we're not we're not saving jobs or anything like that. We get a cup of coffee y'all it helps us uh be able to keep the show uh rolling. So uh we appreciate you. So how you doing uh this evening, Kelvin? Marcus, how you guys doing tonight? I'm going to let Marcus go first cuz it's been a minute since we've seen seen him. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Happy New Year to you. I guess is, is, is appropriate, you. Marcus.
3: Thank you, thank you. Um, refreshed from vacation, little, you know, still had the championship glow. Uh, got a little bit of that bloom off, you know, and everything. But you know what? Lord woke me up today, so I'm still happy. Amen. And thankful. Amen
1: to that, brother. Amen. What uh, what was it like being on vacation with all the news happening, and how did you? You know, how, how did you manage that with family and everything? Because me, I'd have been a mess. They wouldn't, the family wouldn't have seen me, but how'd you do it?
3: Well, I had limited Wi Fi access on mm. the place where we went. You know, you could log on, yeah, you, you could log on four devices at a time. So I was like, you know, pulling daddy privilege, like one device per person, and I'm one of them. So You know, we had to split up, but I was like, oh, my gosh, all this stuff going on and between recruiting and people offers and then the news hit. So I was just trying to keep up with it and trying to, you know, keep in touch. I did get a chance. I had to piecemeal the show from last week and Vaughn did a great job. You know, like I was telling y'all, I might get voted off the island. He did such a good job. But, you know, I watched it on YouTube. (laughs) And after like the day after, because I couldn't I couldn't see it the day, watch it live. It was a great show, a lot of information, and uh, learned a lot as always. And you know, just good to at least keep in touch and see what's going on, even when I was not in the area.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, here's what we got we got a loaded show, and it's going to be a big show, we're going to get to it real early here in the show coming up in just a second. We're going to talk to Mr. Curtis Johnson uh junior. Uh of course, he is the Florida A&M University National Alumni Association president uh, uh and and what he had to do and spearhead and lead this weekend was uh uh might I'm I'm not going to say uh a miracle, but it, it's amazing to see the leadership uh, that we have in our alumni association, and Mr. Johnson, and yeah. and all of the folks who led the charge, uh, you know, did a great job. And so we're gonna to talk to him and kind of, kind of understand a little bit of the process and how everything shook out, and and then kind of ask the the important questions that a lot of you have about what now? You know, what do we do with, with what we gathered? Uh, and, and fundraised. Um, so we're going to talk to him about that. We'll get into some other things. Obviously, the search is heavy and hot on a lot of people's minds. You know, every show in the media diaspora is talking about us and this search. So and uh, we'll, we'll kind of spend some time parsing through uh, what's real, what's fake news, and what we know, and uh, things that we're hearing. Obviously, the coaching search is is heavy. We'll, we'll look at the different the new names that we have heard about, so on and so forth. Um, and then in hour two, <clears throat> the basketball season is right around the corner, uh, three days away. Matter matter of fact, uh, both the men and women's teams are in Daytona Beach, taking on the uh, that little school down in Daytona Beach. And uh, you know, we got to be careful because we're gonna go into that old Ricky gym they got in there, they got. They got two heaters. They, the men and women's teams are pretty doggone good this year. <laughs> so we're going to need Rattler nation to show up, kind of counteract and give our men and women a little bit of a warm feeling when they get into that cold gym in Daytona. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Olivia Antilla, live for hoops. should be coming on at the bottom of hour two and kind of give us a preseason look into our men and women's team. So, uh, Appreciate everybody coming in the so, Uh, I'll do roll call a little bit later because I want to get to our first guest and we will invite him back on to the show. First time for this year, we welcome in Mr. Curtis Johnson, president of the AM National Alumni Association. Uh, Curtis, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us this evening.
4: Hey, Happy New Year, Brian. Happy New Year, Marcus. Happy New Year, Kelvin and down, looking down upon us is is kofi so happy new year amen. kofi i know you are continuing to smile upon the ong strike zone and um well wishes for florida university
1: amen, amen. well uh, amen well uh what an amazing weekend that the uh, alumni association national alumni association spearheaded uh this weekend in the effort to raise funds to to uh see if we could put a competitive Package together that would help uh, keep coach Simmons. So before we go into that, I, I, you know, uh, the timeline, I was kind of just doing a little look back into the numbers of raising, but I want to start with when uh, for you kind of give us a little background on the origins of when, when you were called, uh, whether it be by AD Sykes or when you learned or when you had this feeling that okay, we're gonna have to do something here. Kind of give us a little background before we actually talk about the the the, the process of setting up the fund starting, but just just the background of everything. Right.
4: You know, I appreciate the opportunity, right? So like anything in Ratlin Nation, you, you hear rumors, people start to buzz the phone calls, right? And you hear these things and We got a phone call from A.D. Sykes, I did, and uh, we had a conversation. Uh, That conversation, you know, resulted in, hey, you know, our coach has been made a a formal offer. It's real, right? A lot of people were first like, is this a real offer? It is a real offer. And, um, you know, those numbers are put on a table. And A.D. Sykes made a call to the National Alumni Association to say, hey, uh, can you help? And it was not only a call to me, and I want to be real clear that it just wasn't the National Alumni Association. She picked up the phone and called the boosters. She called the foundation. She called the F Club, the 220 Club, the Alpha Z Kappas. You know, she called everybody, right? Because it's all hands on deck at that point. And she asked us for a specific ask, and and that was to say, hey, can the NAA contribute, you know, twenty five thousand dollars, right, towards a to package? that she was putting together, right, only she knew what needed and what was needed. So she asked us to contribute. So, you know, I I had I took that conversation on a on a a Friday morning, it was somewhere around about 11 o'clock or so maybe mid morning, Um, I immediately called um, an emergency meeting that evening, uh, my board and so I have to commend them because they jumped on a call that Friday when I sent out a notice. Uh, through our system that we were having an emergency meeting. It was regarding um, the coach's contract. And, um, you know, it had already become a buzz on social media. So everyone's kind of aware of this. So we had a meeting that evening. It was a very open meeting. Our meetings are always very transparent. Um, we, We had an open board meeting where our board members had discussion. Uh, We made a commitment as a national organization to support not only a $25,000 this year, but for at least three years. So we signed up for a three-year commitment to make sure that at least $25,000 is coming from the NAA each of those three years. So it was a $75,000 commitment we made that night. Um, And what was interesting that night is, you know, we have a board of mm, 20-25 board members right when you add them all up. Uh, We had board members on there but we had over 700 close to 700 people that tuned in just to hear what was going on so that kind of really helped us to get the word out that you know not only were we going to commit from the National Alumni Association but we were asking Rattler Nation all together if you were a member of the NAA or not a paid member of the NAA, there was still a platform for you to give. And Rattler Nation showed up and Rattler Nation showed out. And so it was amazing that, um, you know, I made a commitment that I'd come back in 24 hours. Uh, of course, you know, at Rattler Nation, they want stuff instantaneously. And we began to get the buzz somewhere around, you know, I need to put some information out around 12 hours. And so 12 hours you know, we had done some amazing stuff as far as fundraising. I, I, I forget exactly what it was. But within 12 hours, we were really, we had already exceeded our goal. Let's just put it like that. Um, and it just kept going and growing from that. And and so, you know, where we are right now and, and where are the last numbers that we came in online, um, and I say online because we may have people that have mailed in checks We may have people that have directly uh, sent through the foundation to the account number we told them to send to. So we have to tally all of that up, right? And so we will make a full transparent of what we have. What I can say is what came in through the online portal through the website and the link we gave was around $138,000 in about 48 hours. Um, And so, you know, not only did we meet our goal, we, we, we funded our goal of at least 75,000, right? And so, you know, what what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a, um, at our next board meeting, in, in which will be the uh, the third Wednesday of January, we will meet, all people are invited to come. You know, we'll have a discussion. I'm, I'm gonna have some recommendations of what we do with those funds. But like I said, we raise those funds and this is what needs to be real clear is that we raise funds for the football coaches, compensation. And when I say coaches, it's not just one. just doesn't Willie Simmons, right? It was what Willie Simmons brought to the AD is that, hey, I've got assistant coaches and people we hire grad coaches, assistants, and, and they have salaries too that need to be met. And that was a part of his ask is how do we get monies? Because he was concerned also about his assistant coaches, and how do we put some monies together? And so the National Alumni Association, along with many other organizations made a commitment. Our commitment was football coaches compensation. So that 25,000, when it comes time to address the football coaches in plural compensation, the NAA will be contributing $25,000 to that. And as they break it up as to gets what etc they'll do that behind the scenes but that bolus of money will help them address the coaches compensation
1: okay um just to highlight some of those numbers and like i said i was going back looking through the tweets um december 30th 12 10 pm is when the post went out that 66 000 plus had been raised which right. already You'd already surpassed that $25,000 mandate, right? And right. then eight hours later, it had jumped to 92,000, just short of 93. Right. Then the next day, 12, 11, it was already over 100,000 at 106,000. Right. By 8 p.m., New Year's Eve, 000, five, uh six something. And then, of course, as you mentioned, January 1, probably uh maybe an hour and a half before we learned that coach Simmons had turned in his resignation it was 138 353 and then right. it's still going so just to give people that that growth in those numbers and it was funny you were talking with us offline you were watching the numbers what was it like watching those numbers in the smaller incremental time spans that you saw
4: you know I, i'm just so proud of Rattler Nation right I, I you know i, I was elected but it was, it was Rattler Nation. It's not me. It's it's the people, right, that had the faith and trust. And I'm just happy that they, they trust us as a National Alumni Association. We're going to have full transparency of every nickel, cent, dime that we have. We're going to make sure people understand exactly where that money goes because, you know, and I said that before, you know, Coach Simmons has moved on to a great opportunity and we wish him very well and his family and, and that's great. But the the challenge and the issue still resides at florida university of how do we compensate our head football coach along with the assistant coaches that make up a program that helped him become successful and and so i'm just so happy that rattlin nation trusts us to take this money It will be put in an account that will not be earmarked and will not be commingled with other funds, and this money will be used directly for football coaches' compensation so that when when we address this issue again, we got to hire a new coach. He's going to probably want to bring in a few additional staff members. The last time I checked, they get paid salaries, the coach, right? So we're going to be able to provide those funds to continue to boast Rattler football at Florida University. And that's what really makes me so proud. I, I, I just wish that everyone could see what I saw. Uh, you know, we're gonna recognize some of those very top donors. I mean, we had one donor that gave an amazing amount of money, and I'm gonna recognize that person, right? I'm gonna recognize some of those top-tier people, but when I when you look at it in summary, the totality, it was somewhere close to Eight nine hundred transactions that came in, right? So, so it wasn't just like one person gave a lot of money. Yeah, we had one person gave a, a really significant amount, but it was a lot of people that gave from their heart. And I'm just, I'm just honored to be able to serve as a servant leader of the National Alumni Association, uh, one that you know believes in transparency. One that will make sure that people understand where their monies went. And I'm just happy that you guys are giving me an opportunity to share this, right? Because you know, I hear the rumors, I, I hear the things out there. And, you know, rattlers know that we were given to a program. Right. And rattler football, like we say, is rattler football today, rattler football tomorrow, mm-hmm. rattler football forever. Amen. And so, so we have to support our program and and those things that coach Simmons surfaced when you put you get a counter offer he put some things on the table and said if you guys want to you, these are the things that got to be done and there were some things that we were not prepared for that we got a good wake up call and i look forward to that conversation with Rattler Nation as a whole that you'll learn over time that what we put together to try to secure the coach but what we need to do in the future because we're gonna to continue to have winning traditions at Florida University. And as you know, winning breeds success and that success is gonna attract people that's gonna to try to attract the talent away.
1: Go ahead, Kelvin. So
5: I wanna know, this is gonna be a, a, a compound question, right? Yes, because uh, what you're doing is, uh, is, is, is important and I, I wanna draw some things out. The first thing you kind of answered, but I just wanna make sure. Uh, you you said that that one thirty-eight K number was just online, so I'm assuming that didn't include any pledges. This is dollars in.
4: So, so let me be clear: the numbers we pulled in are straight cash dollars. We we didn't take pledges, so they put their credit card down, they PayPal, whatever it is, hard cash. You know, I don't think we had any crypto, but we had straight hard cash that came in. Right, so we're sitting on one hundred. 38 right now that will be put into an account that we will, that will be tailored that we, we, we're creating a brand new account. Let's put it like that at the FAMU foundation. So we're, we're going to move that money away from it because here's, here's what you Kelvin that, that we have to understand is that the national alumni association has always supported FAMU football. Yes. And this goes all the way back to 2017 and Greg right. Clark, some of those guys, they put together something called FAMU First. And so that mm-hmm. we used that account because yep. we had to spring into action literally within hours. So we knew we had an account. We know exactly when the first dollar hit. So we got all the transactions and the timestamps. So we knew what was in the account prior. And we knew what was in the account when we activated to go into aspects. So All of that money that came in under the auspices of supporting FAMU football coaches' compensation, every last cent will be pulled off, and that will be put into that account. We're going to create a brand new account that'll have a brand new number, and that'll be entitled uh, something around FAMU football coaches' compensation. It'll be a totally separate account with a totally separate account number, and we'll keep that going. So we'll have basically two. point, right? We'll have one for compensation and we'll have our FAMU First account. And, and if I can say something about the FAMU First account, you know, we we have always supported Rattler football. And I just want Rattler Nation to know that this year alone, coming into the football season, we had about $45,000 that we had collected in the FAMU First account. And that was just from our national convention. So when we have our convention and this year it's going to be in Tampa, Florida, we let people know, hey, if you want to contribute, you can contribute to account 2033, FAMU first. Well, what does that support? Coaching recruiting. If the coach needs to go on a recruiting trip and need some money there, the uh, if they need nutrition, if they need new uniforms and helmets and that, we give that money directly to the coach of the football team. So Willie got an amount, $45,000. That came from the National Alumni Association, and so he could use that money to plug some gaps. So we've always been, you know, prone to support Rattler football, right? And, and you know, we've always, you've heard the Rattler Strike Tours. There have been some chapters that have undertaken some of those Rattler Strike Tours to support that. So, so the NAA, you know, is there to support it, right? But we also support a lot of other programs on campus. And that's what I'm really trying to get people to understand is that we support football. But I got a lot of students right now that need five hundred dollars, thousand dollars just to register to keep moving through Florida University. And that's really our main focus is to support all student scholarships up to including athletes that may need some support. But in most cases, a lot of those guys are on scholarship. So they're, they're taken care of, but we want to make sure that we're doing our bit as alumni to support the matriculation of students there. And so we've got a lot of pots. We got a lot of pots for people to contribute to. We try to stay in our lane. We try to support those other um, functions 220, uh, Rattler F Club, the boosters. We've done some joint programming. I mean, we we are here to support all aspects of it, but they rang the bell, we answered, we had a platform immediately in place. We engaged it and we committed and so the the full pledge support of the FAMU National Alumni Association to say we'll sign up for three years and we'll make sure at least you have 25,000 going forward each year for three years.
5: You did a beautiful job of, of of going into the fact that what y'all do at the convention, I've had the pleasure of being able to see that. And mm-hmm. that you, you, you know, that you fundraise all the time, which is why you had this platform and mechanism for right. for, for people to use. And, and I think that was part of your success. Uh, right. so, so mo- moving on, yeah. the question is now that we've seen that when you have a specific ask to Rattler Nation
4: mm-hmm.
5: and there's some trust and some credibility, now that folks have invested in this thing it's something like how do we build how does the naa how does the university at large the foundation of which i know you can't speak for but mm-hmm. how do we but how do we take this possibility and what we've done here yeah. and, and make it a even larger scale
4: well you know i want to thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to, to share this right because i think people need to hear it uh, first and foremost, I sit also on the foundation board. The foundation board did some amazing stuff in putting together some numbers and some cash that was a part of the offer. And, and I'm going to let the chair of that board, Ms. Lisa Labou, and, and them disclose that at however they want to. Uh, but I sit on that board and I had I was a part of that emergency meeting that happened New Year's Day okay, or something, right? I mean, so we we moved money, right, to make sure we match this offer. Um, so on New Year's Eve, I'm sorry, we met that Sunday at five o'clock. Uh, but, but I can tell you that there were a lot of moving parts. And I think as we disclose more and people understand that this is what we did and people are transparent and people understand where their money's went, I think that it just breeds a success to know that we can do this. I mean, I'm so proud of Rattler Nation. You know, I don't take any credit for this. I just happen to be here. I activated, I've got great people on my team, you know, my media and technology, my correspondent secretary, assistant correspondent, secretary, my first, second, third VP, you know, all of these guys, my Florida region, everybody activated. And we just knew what we needed to do and we got behind it as a board and 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 we pledge the full faith and credibility of the National Alumni Association, which has done this before. I mean, you mentioned you know, our convention. We raised three hundred and almost three fifty thousand dollars in Illinois, and we're coming into into Tampa, and I've got big goals for us to raise in Tampa. I want to raise a half a million dollars in Tampa at my national convention this year and And I think people would do it if we just continue to help them understand. And, and I think, you know, I, I would challenge you guys as we move forward to help people understand some facts. And some of the things you said earlier about facts and myths, I hear all this stuff. I'm almost social just like you guys, right? And, and, and there's so much stuff that's not true and people don't understand. And I'm gonna challenge the administration and these boards I sit on and say, hey, we gotta get facts out here. How much money did we really get from the celebration Bowl? How much money did we get, right? Because when people understand that, you, you hear one thing in media, but I'm sitting on boards and I'm like, you guys, it may say a million, but that don't come to you. that goes to the conference. Yes. And then it's broken down and then you get a poor rated part of being the champion and then it goes throughout that. And so, you know, my, my challenge in a good way is to say we, we tell the people more, give the people more and the yeah. people will give us what we need to be successful. And I think the more we do that, I think that our fundraising efforts will go up because people just don't know. And they think one thing and, and I, I just wanna, I'm gonna lead the way by the national alumni. that That's what I have been charged to do as a leader and, and get my board to get behind that. So that's where we are, uh, Kelvin. And, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're gonna have a full accounting, full reporting. Um, you know, we're not gonna hide where that money is and what account it's in. and Every time we give a twenty five thousand dollars check, you might as well get ready to see my ugly face up there along with everybody else saying, <laughs> you know, "Commitment made, commitment kept." Right now, here's the money, right? And and that's what I can promise you will happen as long as I'm sitting here as the NAA president.
5: Great. I'm 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 gonna let Marcus go now, but yeah, but uh, I got some more leading questions if uh, <laughs> they don't cover it. Yeah,
2: no <laughs>
3: or well, Thank you, Mr. Johnson, for coming on. Um, I guess the two questions from a clarity standpoint, we have one hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars collected. Uh, and that's from the electronic transactions and not necessarily counting anything that's mailed in or anything donated in, in cash and in hard cash and tangible.
4: cash. Well, donated directly to the foundation. Right. Some people could have sent it through the foundation site to the actual account. So, OK. We put our link out. So when you clicked on that link, we put out that came through our portal at the NAA. So we were able to monitor that in real time. Okay. And I guess, for I guess, since uh,
3: VPAD sites made different asks of different organizations and affinity groups and DSOs. is the 138000 representative of the collective funds from all no, of those sir. different DSOs or just for the NAA? So there may be other pots of money through the Rattler F Club, through the 220 QB Club, through the other. So we don't we don't have a total scope of everything that may have been collected through the various
4: tentacles and vehicles. That is absolutely correct. Okay. And then thank you for clarifying that. This is just the National Alumni Association that's collected this 138000 electronically okay and the second part of my question maybe
3: is a little bit tied into what Kelvin asked a little bit before about how we you know how we go sustaining forward uh, something along these lines but I guess my question is more retroactively, and perhaps mm-hmm. it may be a question that's better suited for vp AD Sykes or or Michael Smith um, this was kind of a call to action as you mentioned but was there any thought or consideration or any, foreshadowing that could have been done such that this could have been done perhaps at the beginning of 2023 or were there any communications such that we could have made this effort or perhaps it was but not at such a smaller scale and then it just got magnified when coach Simmons got another offer but what could have been done is there any inkling or any warning sign or even any consideration to have some initiatives like this beforehand so that doesn't happen when a power fire school makes an offer
4: You know, that's an excellent question. Uh, You know, here's how I look at it. Um, You know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a little bit, right? I've got a few mango seasons behind me, as they say. Uh, We all, and we've seen people, you know, we we can just look just last year to what happened to Dion, right, and him getting pulled away by Colorado and, and offered there, and I'm sure JSU made an effort, right? Um, We should have known that something of that magnitude could happen also to our our high caliber coach. Right. Um, And so what I would say to you is that part of that is we really relies on, um, you know, 80 sites. But I, I can tell you what I am most proud is that we stand as an alumni of a collective alum to be able to have some type of say into being able to support our uh, AD, uh, our coaches, football coaches, when it comes to this. So we, we have a little war chest. And I put this out prior. I said, we built a little war chest of money here. You know, sure, we want to add to it, right? And it's not saying it's going to you know, do that. But we've, we've done something and demonstrated that we can do this. And we need to continue to do this because as we continue to win and there are other programs that we have successful coaching in. we've got baseball, we've got track, we've got basketball. We've got all this stuff that we need to be able to defend and support. And, and, and I think that this is this will demonstrate what we need to do mm. to be able to build that war chest. And I don't know where it's going. But, you know, I was having a conversation today and, I, you know, it, it, some people are sad and I, we all are sad about, about Coach Simmons leaving. But, you know, in most cases we learn from these opportunities and this was a valuable exercise yeah. that rattling Nation and we will take this, we'll learn from this, we will grow from this and we'll go from this because we know now that people are looking at us. We have a brand, a national brand. And we need to be able to put some monies together and have them set aside, so that when that opportunity comes, as you say, it could be earlier. It could be like, wow, he just be, you know, won the classic. We just won the swack Yeah, we need to start talking right away, right? So, so that part of that, I can't answer. I mm-hmm. think that's an AB question. When did they first learn of this stuff? You know, I just know from the outside of looking in. You know we beat alabama state and we won the swag and then we you know did all this stuff and It was just writing on the wall that Yeah, we we got to be prepared for this And so that's a question I can't answer But what I can tell you is that i'm here to support it as a national alumni association To say this is a vehicle As well as the other direct support organizations and I think what this is going to Probably challenge us to do is to see how we work together. Yes, right? and and how do we to go help, help help these other DSOs? I I I don't I know some of their platforms. I don't know all of them, but we have been fundraising for many years at the NAA, so we have platforms already in place. So it was easy for us to hit hit the hit the switch, communicate, put it out there, and we're in place, right? And so, you know we do this. This is what we do for scholarship for young people. And we award hundreds of thousands. I mean, we've already given $150,000 this year alone for young people at Florida a University through our national scholarship program. So that's what these chapters do. And, and, you know, somebody the other day said, well, what does the NAA do? Well, we help young people go to Florida m University and not have a chance to go. We raise monies for them. And we do it in a lot of different ways. So it's it's these chapters, man. It's it's not me. It's it's the chapters, it's the people out here, it's them partaking of the, the fundraisers we do and contributing that we're able to do this. And and I just want to thank Rattler Nation, right? And and active alums and those that are not a part of NAA that they gave. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah. Um and again, I I want to emphasize, and we're gonna we're gonna I'm not gonna hold Curtis to this because I, we're gonna address a few things. You guys have questions. The in say again what you just said about the NAA's role because right. it is designed to help all. How many students oh. do we have at Florida A&M? Nine thousand something. Yeah,
4: close to that, right? <laughs> so so <laughs> again,
1: know. the NAA's role, everybody, is to help all nine thousand students at Florida Agricultural Mechanical University this was a was a call to action specifically for the football program using a tool a vehicle which was already pre-established so we a lot of your questions that you have is not on the NAA and not on Curtis Johnson we'll talk about where those things should be placed after we finish our conversation with Curtis but again, the NAA, everybody, right. say that again. Say anything I'm I mean, did, Like I said, we gave <laughs>
4: 150,000 dollars in scholarship. So, so young people apply, right? We have the Save Our Student uh, Scholarship, which Greg Clark started, right? And so we had students in the middle of the semester. I get a, an email list from President, from, from, I'm sorry, Vice President Hudson, Like, hey, this student needs, you know, $200 for a book fine or $500 or whatever to to stay in school. And we have a lot of students right now that are what I call unsheltered, right? And and they need support, right? And and, and we need to support these students because if we don't, it it negatively impacts Florida and University and our performance. And so we want to keep our students on track. We want to keep them moving through. These chapters recruit students, meaning that some of the times that people first learn of Florida University is because somebody in a local community pulled some little kid aside and said, hey, you can go to school and let me tell you about Florida University, right? And that's the first time. And so these chapters do this work. And then they not only recruit them and expose them to Florida University, they, they literally put them on a bus and bring them up here for spring preview and walk them around campus and show them all the glitz and glamour, the orange and green. And then that kid gets home and say, you know what, I love Florida University, I want to go, but my parents don't have money to send me. And that's when these chapters go in to figure out scholarship dollars. Is a kid, you know, got a high academic standard. They can get some scholarships. But how do we fundraise to support our local kids, young people coming out of these communities at Florida University? And that's the work we do. And and when we have conferences and we come together in Tampa, yeah, we're going to have a good time, but we're raising money so that we can give a national scholarship for kids that qualify, that need some money to get through Florida University. And that's why I ask people to join the National Alumni Association. That's why I ask them to become life members, because once you get your life membership, it is a life insurance policy that lasts forever. And that money is is restricted. It's over there in an interest bearing account. And long after we have all departed this earth, those young people will continue to draw interest. We'll continue to draw interest to put in to fund our scholarship program. And that's what we do. Right. We have a lot of fun but we also are, are making sure that FANU is forever and that's why you need to become a member of the National Alumni Association
1: well said well said uh Curtis uh, let people know where uh they can go to uh to be a member how they can uh, the, the, you know give the plugs let people right. know where they can support and again give the early plug about the uh about the uh, national convention this summer in Tampa.
4: So go to famunaa.org, F-A-M-U-N-A-A.org. Everything is there. The convention is there. We're going to be in Tampa, Florida, uh, starting the last, last part of March, March 29th to June 2nd. You know, we are really, all my focus right now is building that convention. We're going to have a lot of celebrity guests. We're going to start to release who's coming. Um, there are some celebrities that live in Tampa. I'm sure that you guys know some of those guys. They're going to be a part of our convention. We're going to raise some money. We're going to cruise around Tampa Bay on a, a luxurious lot, a yacht. Uh, We've got a few other great um, programming. We're going to raise money. And more importantly, we're going to have a good time all for a cause of FAMUNAA.org. And if you've not become an annual member, which is less than a hundred dollars, right? You become an annual member or you become a life member, which is only a one-time commitment of $750. You can become a member of this organization and your contributions will help support those students. And so I welcome those conversations. If you ever have any questions, you know, my information is on the website. Feel free to reach out to me or the correspondent secretary. We will answer any and all questions, but again, This is not about me. I'm just so proud of Ratlin Nation, right? Ratlin Nation did this, not me. Um, We're gonna do more, we wanna do more. And and we're always looking for good people to be a part of NAA, right? And, And let me just clarify this, and thank you for giving me 30 seconds on this. We don't work for the university. We're a 501c3 organization and all of the officers, every last one of them are volunteers. We have full-time jobs. We're moms, we're dads, we're grandparents. We 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 got a full life, but we sign up for that extra call of duty and volunteer and raise our hands and say, hey, elect me to be your president or first vice president or whatever, because I'm willing to go the extra step. But we're all volunteers. And, and sometimes people, you know, they ring the phone and you know, I get on my offices all the time. We signed up for this, so we have to answer the bell. But just know that we are here to support Florida University and support those students. And, and I just want to thank every last officer um, in, in throughout the NAA, either on the national board, if you're president, if you're region vice president, uh, if you're just an annual member and serving in a local chapter somewhere in the United States, we have over 80 chapters. I just want to say thank you. And happy new year. And I look forward to, to being your president as we come into this national convention in Tampa.
1: Kelvin's got, looks like Kelvin's got one, one final question for you there, Curtis. Oh, I'm, I'm
4: here.
5: So I I got two ask. Okay. Uh, moving, and this is about moving forward. Okay. At the convention in Tampa, mm-hmm. I hope that you all will put a a segment together section. And I know you've done it before that addresses athletic specifically. Yeah. And it'll it'll talk about uh, giving strategic plans, capital athletic campaign. It'll have some teeth to it. Cause I I would tell you one of the most disappointing things for me Mm -hmm. uh, as a member and you also have subscribing life membership too, which is what I'm doing now. But I've right. I've been a part of the NA for about since the 90s, right?
4: Now, you better you better close that out because I'm about to go up on membership. I'm a, I'm gonna tell you that too. We're going up to a thousand dollars for life membership, so you better close that out pretty soon. All right, dude. I, I saw that. Okay. <laughs> breaking, breaking, but,
5: but breaking news. But that's, breaking that's news. fine. Breaking news. But that, that's fine. I'm I'm in. I'm in. But okay. I close it out. I close it out shortly. But yeah. but that being said. I hope mm-hmm. that um, the, the alumni association will take the lead because I know you all have done a lot, lot of things uh, outside of athletics, but you all have been the most visible consistently. You in the two, you all in the two hundred and twenty club, but but uh, in terms of assisting athletics, and I think a voice is needed to help guide and push the administration, the foundation, and you which you sit on the board and 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 right. and, and structuring. Our, our our support and in, in arm our, our revenue arm giving uh so that we can get to the point cuz on this show we talk about a lot having a capital campaign and you mentioned being a a, a life member and how that lasts forever and basically what you're talking about is a doubt scholarship we should have endowed scholarships for athletics also, as well as those coaching positions. So I don't think Rally Nation, because the universe has never really talked about it and put that out there, I think we right. need that forum. And I think y'all are a perfect platform to do it, especially with what y'all have just done.
4: So let me let me tell you what we're doing. I'm, gl- I'm so glad you brought that up. Number one, and even last year when, when the AD was brand new, we invited her to Schomburg. She came. We had a town hall. Right. So uh, that will definitely be a part of this. So we will give that form to athletic director to to speak about, obviously, new programs, new things, new developments, et cetera. So you can count on that being a part of the NAA conference. Also, what's breaking news right here, Brian, that you need to understand is that for the first time at this convention, all of the governing bodies are coming together. So I want to thank the chair of the board of trustees, Miss Christian Harper. She's actually bringing the board of trustees meeting to the conference. So they'll probably start like on Wednesday and handle actual board of trustees meeting information. The foundation board will be meeting at this conference. The uh, Rattler uh, cluster, FAMU cluster, which is the business industries led by Michelle uh, Harris. Right. They will be there. So we're bringing all the people under this theme of one FAMU you know, stronger together uh, in the Bay, that's our theme. And so we literally are bringing all of these arms together. And for the first time, all of these entities, so some people who've maybe never been to a board of trustees meeting or seen one in, in live action, we will have a board of trustees meeting leading into the convention. It'll, it'll be probably that Wednesday, early Thursday, but there's board of trustees information and in, in that will transpire. The foundation board will be meeting. The cluster, which brings in a lot of our industry partners, the corporate 500 companies will be there. This is going to be quite the conference that you want to be at. Even as a ratler, if you're looking just to network and connect and get that family feeling, you want to be in Tampa. And by the way, we just extended early registration. Uh, Because you know, I I felt so proud of what we've done what we've done and I I wanted to give Rattlers a a little break to push it out So those life members, you know go on the website. It tells you right up front We've extended that deadline now to January 19th. So get take advantage of it, you know um, We're we're adding a lot to this convention and and we're taking over Tampa. We're gonna paint it orange and green we're gonna raise some money and we're gonna collect like none other and, and your great ideas that's going to be the environment to foster these conversations in. Thank you for bringing that up, Kevin. I really appreciate that yeah. because, you know, that's a part that a lot of people, you know, may have missed. There's never been a convention that you've had to board to tr- all of your trustees of the university there. And you've got your foundation members. We've got some dynamic people doing work on these boards that you guys have no idea about that you'll get a chance to see up front. And those meetings are open. So you can go sit in on a foundation meeting and a board of trustees meeting and hear what we talk about. That's the part of transparency that we're bringing that we want people to know and see.
1: Oh, that's, that's a great point. So this will be a great opportunity. Like we have long told people, don't sit in the chat rooms and just comment about things. You want to be a part of the process? Go to the meetings. Find an opportunity to speak make your voice known for, for far too long. We have sat back and commented on the side about this, that, and what they should be doing and what he and she should be doing. No, be involved in the process, whether it be- What we should be doing. Well, we right. should what be we doing. should yeah. be doing. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. We gotta unify. We gotta those unify. Meetings
4: are free. Those meetings are free. You don't have to pay to get into those meetings. That's, that's sunshine. That's open to the public. You are welcome to come and listen. It'll be broadcast online too, of course, right? So we broadcast those meetings. But if you're in Tampa or a surrounding area, come and then you get a chance to see your trustees and people up close. You get a chance to, you know, break bread with them.
5: So, so let me let me say one one other thing, um, Curtis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I I, I got to be fair. We consistent. We keep it. We keep it real around here.
4: Let's keep it real. Come on.
5: One of the biggest disappointments I had in attending the conventions, uh, as a registered person. Yes. Uh, which which turned me off for a while, but well, I, I, I'm on. going to register. I'm going to register. I'm going to be it this one now. On, now that what is it? you come you come to the convention, and then it's a dog and pony show. Everybody kind of hiding. You control who can come to the mic and comment. Um, and and, and you know it doesn't feel like substantive things are done. You don't leave with a vision. The fundraiser part is fine. You do. Yeah. You, they definitely raise money, but right. in terms of vision and and, and 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 actually pushing leadership and so forth, uh, to me, that's the form to do that kind of stuff.
4: OK, let's figure out. Give me a chance to figure that out. Right. So so you do know and I hear you well received. There are some things that we do need to hear from public comment from people. Right. And try to find the right categories to put them in. But also, we have to also do the business of the NAA. Right. Right? We got to we got bylaw amendments, changes, things that are kind of outdated. We need to update in our bylaws. We have to vote on our budget, right? Uh, you know, there's just some kind of semi-boring things that we have to do just right. to be able to do that. But I, I hear you loud and clear, and I think that what you're saying is you want some opportunities to have those conversations and interactions with those appropriate officials while they're there to voice those concerns and so let me take that upon a challenge and let me see um you know we can make that commitment and keep that commitment this year in tampa florida and beyond okay i accept that okay
1: um and and hey curtis we we want to we want to make sure we're there we got a spot we can we come do our show we can come do a show maybe a couple of times
4: I want you to do that. I was gonna be. I want you guys there to do your show. Sit you up in the lobby overlooking the bay somewhere. I, I think don't. that would be great. I think we need to really figure that out. So I'm gonna reach out to to our committee team and, and and invite you in because we need to make sure that we have some live feedback from people of their experience there, and that could really help. And let's 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 get on that sooner than later, Brian, and make sure that's that right. that happens. I think that's that's welcome, and um, you know I want you also to interview some of our our senior gyms that have been an alumni for a long, long time and, and share their thoughts and where we're going and growing in vision. Absolutely. I love it.
1: Yes, I love to do it.
4: All right. Hey, uh, thanks
1: for your time this evening, Curtis. Uh, Again, thank you. MUNAA.org for everybody. And uh, we'll continue the conversation here a little more coming up out of the break. Uh, you're You're watching the ONG strike zone right here on the black college sports network stay tuned we'll be back in just a moment yeah let's if go right all
0: pads are exactly the same think again this is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system this pad wicks gushes 90 percent faster absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak free and odor free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Alter Thins. This is always like never before.
4: The Cuve Group is a Florida based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a Certified Constant Contact Specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide by-size learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you are a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning.
1: Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone, Brian, Marcus, Kelvin. Uh, again, appreciate Curtis Johnson coming in and uh, talking with yeah. us and giving a uh, an insight into some things. Okay, I, I, you guys, uh, whew, you guys are hot and heavy in the in the uh, in the chat room, boy. I tell you what, uh, y'all, some of y'all off the chain, boy. Uh, appreciate you, bull. Yes, definitely. Um, great conversation there with Curtis Johnson. The biggest thing that I want to underscore, hear me out, people. The NAA's job is A, all FAMU students. B, as it relates to this particular fundraiser, okay, this fundraiser was specifically, as he said, for football coaches. Okay. That, and and that and that is because it is a it is and, and the reason this was a tool a vehicle that was already in place as he told us forty five thousand dollars was already in the pockets in the budget prior to the start of this and eighty Sykes came to them asking for now think about this asking for twenty five k and think about what was raised so the commitment twenty five k over three years each of the next three years right that's a $75,000 commitment look what was raised 136 plus okay and and counting and counting now I think it's important hey
5: Brian I know you've been making a point but I think it's important because I, I, I this is a moment where FAMU Rattler Nation has to be united right we know and we're going to get into some things that that give us some distrust and some disappointment about being in this position and those things are legitimate but people who are actually trying to help and make a difference we need to be supporting and uh contributing to so you know you can't poo poo on somebody who was asked specifically <laughs> or organization was asked specifically just come up with 25 and they come up with 138 and you 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 talking about the ills of of our athletic department? Like you say, that's on AD, and she needs to come on our show. Don't AD. think we had don't think we haven't asked now. Oh, we working okay.
1: on it. Okay, all right. I had no, to say that. No, okay. I'm gonna address things like this. Sabrina Peoples, what was twenty five thousand k going to do? That's a question for the athletic director, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you flat out. That is a question for the app because here's what I want you to think about the boosters. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, a lot of people were, uh, and I and I saw this in the comments. There's so much here to unpack. So let me. I, I want to try to. I, I could if I get to jumping around, catch me here, okay? Um
3: yeah, we, we'll pull you back.
1: There, there was there is first off there is supposed. No, it's not a supposed. It's known. There is bonus money, right, that was owed to coaches that, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, Kelvin or Marcus, that had not been paid from, I believe it was either 21 or 22. Previous correct? seasons, yes. yes. Correct. Okay. <laughs> so, now, who was responsible for that money? Well, to my knowledge, that was responsible by it was supposed to be taken care of by another DSO, a DSO that is supposed to work directly with athletics. So when the money that was uh brought to uh the booster club, they were presented with making a commitment of 50000 over three years. So notice what's happening here. Initially, she's going to the boosters, wanting to get 50 going to the NAA, wanting to get 25 I don't know what the number was. I, what did Alpha Z, the chapter, the cap Twenty-five. They committed. Okay, committed 25 You had the I don't I- know I- what, Rattler F donating and 220. So you had one, two, three, four, five, at least five groups, maybe more, right? That was being asked. To the pot. Okay, everybody, everybody's still with us, right? Be asked yeah. to the pot. Now, the bigger question that some of y'all are asking. Let me see who I can find it that asked it so eloquently. Um, dou, 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 dou. Let me see. By the way, I, I know we didn't do, why are you looking? I, I know we,
5: we had done shout outs yet, but I, I got to do one just to aggravate her. So so uh, so, she, so when she comes on, she can talk trash. What's up, Stashe?
1: Ah, you see her? Oh, there she is. <laughs> Stashe, happy new year, baby. <laughs> um boy we going to get it. Look. Five, five entities, mm. right? So do the math. Why the biggest question that you all have is why Marcus, this is one of your pet peeves. Why did it take this weekend for this to happen, so mm-hmm. we ask, you know, it. We we, we can't get into asking and, and deflecting this 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 thing onto other organizations, right? Responded. They responded. They responded to the call, but yes, if you want to further backdate it and say, well, we talked about this on last Wednesday's show. We talked about. This was this was this is what spurred the whole secure Willie Simmons thing, right? The question of well, when should these conversations have started? Well, hell, these conversations sitting out. Now, granted, you got change over Now you have had three ads in three consecutive years. All right, so
3: Brian, don't be getting my talk now,
1: but, Marcus.
5: But, you better hurry up but, and jump hey, in. You better jump hey, jump in, because- but it, hey, and Marcus. Let I want Marcus to go ahead, but let me just say this now. This, you know. What we're talking about, you know, in terms of uh, of that, P3s, you know, we've been talking a long time. When Kofi was here with us, you know, we were talking about having some vision out of athletics, and that was one of our biggest complaints. And I see a lot of folks still have those complaints, and rightfully so. Uh, but we got to what, – what did I say Monday? What is the consequence for folks not providing those things? It hasn't been one at this point. right. We just keep changing over ADs and coaches and everything else. But we don't come up with a long-term plan. If we had all these transitions of ADs and coaches, but we had a plan, things could still get accomplished. Yes. But, we got, we, but we got to follow through on some of this stuff. We talked about that. They already have established um, some feasibility studies and so forth of athletics. We've got our administration and our leaders, which is why I, I challenged Curtis to – kind of spearhead this thing something like that convention when everybody's in one place that's where these conversations got to happen and, and, and action has got to be started so that's all I'm going to say for now I know Marcus you got a whole thing you're going to do so <laughs> well, Marcus,
2: Marcus,
1: Marcus touch on that part about about your concerns with this because that, that part that people are asking about is also one of your big concerns. And again, uh I, I'll I'll let you speak to it in in, in your own way, uh, uh with one of with one of those concerns because I know that's something that that you uh have brought up and, and want to address.
3: Yes, I, I kind of mix and match and I know that I have this this document that you want to publish. I don't know if you already published it on the website. No, yet. no no I haven't yeah. I haven't I, I I'm gonna I'll, wait for you to kind do, of do get the
1: blessing f- on it before we before we publish that.
3: Yeah, Art, just a, a brief overview. Uh, I guess I have it broken down in two sections of how do we get here and, you know, where do we go going forward? So I'm going to do a high-level overview because I don't want to, you know, take too much time. But basically, in, in terms of Coach Simmons leaving and, you know, folks like Jimmy Mack and some other folks probably already know this from other conversations, this was like a, the worst-kept secret in the world. Because, I mean, and I have some things documented, but basically – I mean, from the time that Coach Simmons was hired, and I know he's been a hot name for about 10 years now, and I think going back to some of the previous conversations and other forums, we were looking at him back at 2013, 2014, but I guess the conventional thought was that he wasn't ready yet. Then he went and did his coaching circuit, then went to PV, was at Alcorn, and then eventually ended up with us. But as soon as we signed the contract in December 2017, some of us, like Kelvin, myself, and others, like, he's not going to be here long. He's too young. He's basically got the profile of a turnaround coach, a turnaround artist, and those are on high demand, and he's hungry. So I don't know, you know, if this caught anybody by surprise, then you really weren't paying attention. Other things, he's been on podcasts when he first came over from Prairie View. He still had some of the first podcasts on with Mike Prince, who was, I guess, a, a radio personality in the Houston area. And I think he may have been on the call for summer. He's PV, of Prairie View So I don't know if he's the play-by-play person or something along those lines. Even the first free conversations, they talked about eventuality of getting back to FBS and whether that was still a goal, and Coach Simmons never hit it. When Holly Rowe came and spoke to the Tallahassee QB Club in 2019, she did, I guess what she calls her on-the-spot interview or uh, what she called it, like a um, selfie interview. And basically, she put it on Facebook and said he's a rising coaching star. In 2021, Coach Simmons became a part of the National Coalition of Minority Coaches as one of the 13 FCS coaches to get paired up with a panel of coaches and former ADs. And I believe his mentor was Debbie Yao, the first woman uh, athletic director in the ACC at Maryland NC State to interview and learn what these candidates need to do in order to progress to FBS in the what about us episode I didn't get the exact episode number but I watched all eight episodes in 2021. He said the question was asked. I don't know if it was like an off the question or however but came if he got an FES opportunity would he listen? He said, "You know what? It'd be hard to leave fam you, but I would have to listen I'd at least take a listen." So there've been breadcrumbs throughout the year since he got here and you know then eventually 2021 we know he got a serious offer from South Carolina. We heard about it through the grapevine or through it didn't get the same publicity as this, but we heard about it. The other thing, and this is like how we got to this point. So I'm just laying that groundwork. The other thing, and I won't go into detail because it'll be in the paper, but basically you look at his coaches promotions over the last six years, five seed playing seasons. He's had one, two, three, at least 10 coaches, 10 plus coaches move on to other jobs. At some point, he's going to adopt the same mentality of the name of that documentary. What about us? What about me? Not saying that this was, you know, the all-time worst position in the world, but you have coaches going to FBS. Coach Henry, Joe Henry, came back, but he went to Arkansas, Missouri, Arkansas, LSU. Coach Black went to the Rams. Coach Genneth Gilstrap, our original uh, DB, one of our original DB coaches. He went to his alma mater, Middle Tennessee, and now he's at UAB. One of the other original DB coaches, Brandon Sharp, he's now a defensive assistant with Purdue. So the list goes on. Alex Jackson, his first original OL uh, offensive line offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, left, went to become an offensive analyst for Tennessee, and I believe he came back to Alabama State. So you see there's at least 10 other people who have gone and gone on to other jobs at other universities that, based on their profile and their level of play, us being at FCS, went to at least the FBS level, a group of five at the very least. So in the back of your mind, you're thinking, hey, I'm 42, 43, where's my opportunity? So that's another breadcrumb. And the thing that I worked on today a little bit, you know, why we're here, the case for an extension or an increase in salary. And it's something I told y'all I wanted to add to this because I thought it was critical, was that. It's something that crystallized when I saw something last night that he's been in the same salary since he signed his original contract. And my understanding, at least from the reporting of the Tallahassee Democrat, his extension in 2021 did not include a salary increase. But yet he has gone, what, 22 and two, maybe 23 and two if you include the SWAC championship games. he being in the SWAC. He's had four straight playing seasons of nine plus wins. And in my opinion, it could have been five if three plays would have gone differently in 2018 as first season versus Jackson State versus Bethune and versus Howard. So, you know, we're looking at an overall record. I believe it was 43 and 13 or 42 and 13. I just looked at the number, but I, I don't recall it right. But it's something like that. Basically, almost a 750 or better winning percentage since he came to FAMU has not had salary increase. And considering where he brought the program from coming off a 1 in 10 season from Alex Woods last season, and he hasn't had a salary increase in six years, and the magnitude to which he's brought this program and the other thing that you can't really quantify but should be dialed in, the community impact that he's had. He won 2019 Tallahassee Democrat Person of the Year. He's been a strong advocate against gun violence. He has energized the FAMU program and, you know, I have a lot more words in here. I don't want to, but in terms of a qualitative impact upon the FAMU community and the Big Ben as a whole, that plus his on-field accolades would seemingly merit a salary increase or at least having a discussion. And at first, you know, when I first, and I got, you know, corrected last night, but at first I was thinking, you know, And I might have done the same thing like, hey, let's wait to the end of the season, you know, and see what the championship, how things turn out for 2023. But then upon reflection, when I saw what I saw, I was like, well, you know what? If you look at the depths to which the program has come from, and it speaks to your point a little bit, Brian, about having three ADs and we get that, what's the word, not amnesia, but you don't get that collective knowledge. And we go from John Eason, uh, interim Mike Smith and then VPAD Sykes, I'm sorry, and uh, VPAD Ga- Gaucher, and then Sykes. So then we actually have four. Well, then, so then you, you had Michael Smith. Yeah, I include Michael Smith. But you include, you, have, you lose a little collective knowledge and memory there that, and I know people have followed the program, but unless you were really following it during the Alex Wood era and how things just didn't seem to go well, and it was a continuation of everything seemingly either treading water or going on a downturn since Joe Taylor left, you don't understand the depth from which Simmons brought this program, and then to not have—well, to have the same salary because I don't know everything going on in the background—but they have the same salary for six years. When you go from one in ten and being, you know, pretty much at the at the valley of the program in its entire existence, hundred-plus year existence. And then to cap it off with a swag championship, 12 and one, number one defense, number five at this point from the last coaches' poll, and to do all that, and to, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but to not have had what we know, and it could have been private, but to what we know of not having an increase in salary just based on performance, not to mention the, Intangibles in terms of community impact. That's another reason. Probably I'm speculating, but I'm just laying this out why we're why we're here. Now going forward.
1: Hold on. Can I? Can I? Can I jump yes. in, in, in? Because I think this is relevant to what you're asking. EA is asking, how can we go year after year not paying people their contractually obligated money? EA, great question.
3: Yes, I, it, and I agree. That, and Send that
1: email to Dr. Larry Robinson. Send that letter to Dr. Larry Robinson in Lee Hall, and then also now CC it to VP AD Tiffany Dawn Sykes, as well, well as the, part, as, well, that piece, as well as the trustee chair. A, exactly, the trustee chair, the new one. We now. got a, We got a new chair. We got a new mm-hmm. chair. So with the other,
3: the other piece the of that, the other piece of that, Brian, is that you know. You don't want to throw people under the bus or organizations no, under them. the bus. But I mean, those, if there are DSOs that were supposed to make contributions in order to meet the obligations, and if they haven't, or if they haven't built the infrastructure such that they have a continuous fundraising component in order to meet the obligations, then they've got to call them on the carpet too. I don't know who does what, but the mat- the fact of the matter is that Coach Simmons and the coaches, and for all we know, all the coaches, have signed signed up our contractual obligations based on a salary and if we're coming up short then you know that kind of contribute you know if you can't get a raise but if you're not even getting what you're supposed to get then you know you're not going to get a raise but then it begs the question about how we do business and how we need to do better now reasons for optimism Cause I don't want to leave this all out and this is all in the document the first thing is the events of this past weekend that shows when you like Kenya said you lay out a vision plan actionable items people are going to step to the bat. then you know and that happened this weekend and that's where I asked uh, Mr. Johnson you know how can we be more proactive and it goes back to my first point you know When we saw that Coach Simmons got hired December 2017, I know me and Kelvin and a few other people had discussions in a separate forum. He's not going to be here long, especially if we believe he's going to be the coach that we brought him here to be, and he checks off some or all of these incentives in the contract with his age, his acumen, and ambition. He is not going to be here long. And it kind of goes to my third point, which I'm going to get to. And I know Dr. Cavill and others have seen it because I posted it way back on the Miac Fan Zone Forum. Um, actually, I get to it now. Uh, but this past weekend shows what we can do when we put our effort into it. And if we do it proactively versus reactively, we could be in even better position to make sure we either retain coaches or going to my second point, what I call the launching pad cradle of coaches. And this, we talked about this back in 2007 when Reuben Carter was let go, was that. The paradigm now we don't have coaches like coach gaither and coach robinson who are going to go from age 25 until they go home to see the lord at the same position these coaches in our society is very transactional and very i want to say nomadic but we'll go from job to job and looking for promotion so in 2007 before we hired coach taylor we talked about in a private forum that we need to fashion our hbcus and i was thinking Amy specifically, but there are others that are in, in a similar position in terms of attractiveness, Fashion it after what the mid-American conference schools did in the early 2000s and the mid-majors continue to do mid-majors in basketball. They always have turnaround coaches who like for two years might get an upset of March Madness, might have uh, like a Northern Illinois in the mid-2000s, have a star player or two and knock off somebody like an Oklahoma or a Florida State in the Orange Bowl or Fiesta Bowl. Next thing you know, their coach is the next hot thing, and the power five that's down us luck for a short period of time is looking for some energy, plugs that coach. If we fashioned our athletic departments in a similar fashion to be that swift and deft to be able to identify young talent and promote ourselves and promote the coaches that, hey, you can get there from here, which is a, a model That our team, our school has adopted for Isaiah Land, Xavier Smith and uh, Marquise Bell in terms of getting to the NFL. Why not do the same for coaches? And I know we're looking we're wishing Coach Simmons well and not wishing him any ill will. But the thing is, it's like, well, hey, if you're a young coach and you want to get there from here, FAMU is set up to do so. Now we need to do that. And we need to make sure our process and procedures and our paradigms, our mentality from the athletic department and the fans, you know, not casting aspersions or throwing stones at the coach for, for bouncing. But, hey, he went from our school to now three years later, he's in the national championship game. He came from FAMU. We do that for the students. We do that for the athletes in the NFL. Why can't we do that for the coaches? But we need to set ourselves up mentally and structurally in the athletic department to take advantage of that. So that was the concept we talked about 15, 16 years ago. And I think we've gotten better because we've had younger ADs and a shift in mentality not to expect a coach to coach for life. But we still need to structure it and even promote. And, yeah, you might say, well, that might encourage a school to come take our coach. But if a young coach who's looking to go further along says he can come to FAMU for three or four years and, and you spoke to her earlier and even Vaughn spoke to her earlier on the, the live show this afternoon that coaches aren't, nowadays, the youth and coaches, even some of the older coaches with the exception of Saban and a few others, aren't looking to stay there 10 plus years unless they're at the top of the mountain. But anybody looking to climb to the top is looking to use a stepping stone. So why not fashion ourselves and counter the narrative that HBCUs are dead-end jobs, which was the narrative at the time, uh, when we started talking about this in 2007, was that, okay, we can only look at a certain amount of coaches because the perception is right or wrong. You get stuck at HBCU. you, You don't get any progression. Nobody looks at you. Well, we've had a few opportunities in both football and basketball that have bucked that trend, but you have to embrace it and make sure your department is set up for it in terms of identifying young talent when the coach goes and, And when the coach is looking, not that you want him to leave, but if you promote him to a certain degree and put things in him or her in place in order to make that ascension, he he or she can speak well of your program and that I didn't feel inhibited, I felt supported. And the other component of that is making sure that you have suitable talent in the athletic department and in the administration that can identify someone who's going to be an up and coming star. Now we did that with coach, coach Simmons. And I believe the other day, Kelvin, when I was looking at the video of last week, you said coach Eason made that call because he had an experience at Florida state and he knew what to look for. Well, we need more of that so you can identify and continue to promote people who will be young stars and say, I got my start at such and such. And even last year, I think um, when um, off, uh, off script went to, is it the last year two years ago, when he went to the SEC media days and he asked a coach about his start at South Carolina State and he got some props for that, but that coach got his start or at least had some of his formative things at South Carolina State and he can reflect back upon it and speak upon well about his time at South Carolina State because that was his quote unquote launching pad. Third thing. Uh, the third thing was, okay, the autonomy of the VPAD role. So this is things to look forward to. We'll have to see if that actually happens because we know how things go down, and we've seen it with Texas Southern, and we've seen it in the past with FAMU. But VPAD Sykes did, as far as I know, as far as we know, made the call with our women's basketball coach. So if she's asked the autonomy, she can either you know set us on a course to continue doing well Or it's going to set us back. But that autonomy, at least to some degree, cuts out the red tape and bureaucracy that inhibits identifying people and creating fiascos that don't reflect well on the administrations at HBCUs, which is nothing we've been fighting either. You get stuck in a dead end job or you get all this undue influence and everybody trying to be a chief and nobody wanting to be, you know, a worker bee in making the decision for hiring a coach. I can understand everyone wants some input, those who have influence and those who are our stakeholders, but sometimes it gets a little prohibitive. And so whatever she's empowered to do, whatever that may be, we don't know, we'll see, because we know football is typically king at HBCUs with few exceptions. We'll see what she's empowered to do, what decisions she's allowed to make in terms of selecting candidates, presenting candidates for approval. So that could be a positive, but that's dependent on what how much range she's given. But more or less, that's you know what I'm saying, how we ended up here and going forward, what we can do. But I think those the things that we showed this weekend in terms of the financial fundraising with a plan and hopefully counting some narrative, and we have to help be held true to it as well, counting the narrative of like, oh, Why am I sending this money in? They're not, they can't be trusted with it. Counter the narrative of you can't get there from here in terms of our athletic departments and countering the narrative and setting up the infrastructure so that the ADs are empowered to make a choice and to live and die by that choice and be held accountable for it instead of having, you know, board interference, powerful booster behind the you know, closed doors interference, all this stuff that inhibits, A smooth process and that's all i got (laughs) but it's in much more detail in the in the document but all those things but in terms of coach coach simmons going to duke i'm not sure why anybody would be surprised he's young ambitious and there are other components in his ambition um you know probably the lack of as far as we know, a discussion on salary, since he's had the same salary for six years. And I know for some of us, if we had the same salary for six years. In our positions, we'd be bucking tables and everything. So I don't know why we expect him to do any different, especially coming, bringing the program for where it was. Um, oh, and the other thing, uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of the booster organs and DSOs, I think great job funding the money, but one of my long-term Uh, challenges has been understanding whose function is what and that's kind of the reason why I asked coach I mean not coach um Mr. Johnson Curtis Johnson because you know asking about the money like the 138 was strictly na and there may be other pockets okay if there's an organization that's dedicated to not necessarily one sport but one
1: athletics there is
3: Well, not not athletics, but say, well, maybe athletics, but say if, even if there's one that's, okay, we're doing fundraising for facilities. Okay, we're doing fundraising for recruiting or something along those lines, a clear understanding of who is doing what, because I think that also contributes that what I call market confusion contributes to folks feeling like, well, what's being done with the money I just gave to that organization. Now this organization asking me for money, but if they have two different purposes and it's not clear, then the average Donor is going to feel like you know they're bleeding me dry, and I don't know what's being used what's being used for, and the pur- the organization may have two different purposes, or they may have the same purpose, which is redundant, and we're sending money to two different people and not understanding what's going on and then feeling like we're getting sucked dry and being you know taken advantage of so that clarity needs to happen as well
5: which is why marcus uh I challenge Curtis to be the catalyst for exactly that i totally agree with you um that we don't have the structure or the expertise or the care frankly um from internal administrative sources to do anything which is why all the things you presented as you talked about we we've discussed for 15 16 years now we you know uh I mean, the stuff with the P3, the uh, uh, strategic plans for athletics, we've read and reviewed all that stuff. Work has been done. Right now, there's a group, uh, First Strike, that is trying to do some things with athletics that will put money in their coffers as well as help with some facility stuff. But at some point, we have to move this stuff forward and we have to have people in position or we have to force people into positions that are leaders that that will make make some of this stuff happen. My my problem is not that we don't know, not that we don't have ideas, not that it is not being presented. It's just not being acted upon. And that is frustrating as heck.
1: One of the uh one of the questions that came from uh, you know, I put it out there on the mailbag, wanting to get people's questions, um from uh I am that rattler, uh asked this question. And the question starts with what is the eighties plan for the rest of the sports? Men's basketball. Um will she continue to ignore issues until they blow up in her face? I don't, I don't know what issues you are referring to maybe compensation. What is the plan to replace revenue that she has chosen to get rid of? OBC peak sports. Uh, I don't peak sports is still around. Uh, you know, OBC, you know, okay. um, does she plan to make Coach Riz permanent? I, I think that's a question for the AD uh, for 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 the coach hey, for the coach. football coach, the right. head football coach. But the bigger question: what is the AD's plan for the rest of the sports? That is what we're talking about when we talk about presenting a vision. We are talk. We are at a point now, FAMU, where after we solve this coaching hire. We need a vision. Kelvin has said it time and time again that we need a vision. We understand what a VP Sykes was originally brought here to do, right? Straighten out the compliance stuff. That's been done. And I believe, as you saw Coach Simmons' tweet, APR numbers went up. Now, we. this is the year of money. I keep telling y'all this. I told you this two days ago. This year is about money. The strategic plan needs to be presented. She, in this first month of January, you know, they they have a thing called the State of the Union, right? Don't they? Then The the nation, the president Mm -hmm. creates the State of the Union. What month is that usually in? Usually in January, right? Okay. We need a state of Rattler Athletics. We need the, the AD, the VP, and AD, Tiffany Dawn Sykes, in this first month of January to present a strategic plan that tells us where Florida A&M Athletics is going because if you all want to maintain confidence in all the other things that are going to come down the road over the next 11 months if we don't have a strategic plan and hear about it how are you going to get behind it how are we able to go to that national alumni convention and activate individuals in different groups if we don't have or, or know what the plan is so that is that is a major task that is in front of her what is the and, a lot and, of, and, and, and this and is the it's time not, for it. it and it's and it is not
5: hers alone
3: oh, i no. would
5: tell you i would tell you i'm not going to peel back on you all the way but i would tell you and i can't say this enough the AD gets faulted for a lot of stuff at all HBCUs, but particularly FAMU, and and the staff uh in uh, in uh, athletics. But our our issue is systematic, and is above the AD office. I agree, mm-hmm. and, I agree and we got you. we got to push. That's why I talk about uniting uniting. And I'm saying we got to push the, the the trustees, the foundation board, the foundation VP, the, the people, the, above C, her. the CFO, because yes. all of them control certain segments that impact athletics.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
3: And this is the time to do it because, and this kind of ties back into what I was saying about the launching pad, uh, cradle of coaches concept. Is that we're just coming off of four titles across four different sports. We've had our coach, the best one we've had probably since Billy Joe. I want to say probably the best one we've had since Billy Joe. And, you know, in a short amount of time, you know, in terms of his record. mm, But I won't go there. But capitalize on all this PR. So it's unfortunate from our standpoint, selfishly, that Coach Simmons went to Duke. But the fact that a Power 5 school wanted your coach, that's a marketing tool. We've won four championships. Across four different sports within the last 12 months, football, cross country, baseball, and tennis. We've had two in volleyball in the previous seasons and being in in the swag. Now is the time; it's, it's very ripe because you've given Rattler Nation a taste of that championship elixir. So you know, if VP Sykes comes up with with a strategic, with a a state of the nation and a strategic plan. And in her plan, I don't know to what degree she has. I don't know what's the word I want to use. Uh, She has um, the boldness to put something in her plan that puts pressure on her supervision to say, I want to do this. And then, you know, whether she discusses with them or not, it's out there. And then there's going to be to some degree, some dotted, you know, some, held accountable not only her but the support that she needs to get it done so even if she wants to put pressure because she's some initiatives we don't know if there's some initiatives that got swatted down for whatever reason and she puts it in the strategic plan okay now you're committed because you've spoken it and so now the administration needs to support it even if she does that not saying she has or hasn't but if you put some stretch goals in the vision then either you know we have to support it or we're not but what we're looking for are stretch goals because once again we've got a taste of four for trophies and titles, and I'm sure the other sports are hankering for it because we I think we were second place in golf, I think there's another sport volleyball, we were, uh, second place in volleyball this year, and we got a taste we got a surprise maybe not a surprise to the coach but a surprise in uh, cross country, so there are other sports that are probably just as hungry to get championships. And the vision to get there, she can develop it, but she needs support from above. So even if she needs to kind of put them out there by staying, making a commitment that we're gonna do this, then hey, then they they have no choice but to do it. Almost like when the football players wrote the letter to Dr. Robinson about what's going on with compliance. Yeah, it will, it will get you fired. (laughs) It will get you fired, but I don't know to what degree. That's what I'm saying. Her appetite for boldness.
5: Well, well, well let, let me just say this, and I know we, we got to go to the next segment, but, Brian, mm-hmm. we got to come back to this after that segment. We got to go a little longer because to some of the things that people are saying in the chats, we got to get to some of the things that we've heard and, and discussed about the process and, and this whole thing. I, I think it's important to put some context on it. But, uh, I, but Marcus, man, you're you knocking it out the park, brother, with what you're saying.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: All right. Um we'll come back. We're gonna answer more questions regarding um <clears throat> excuse me, this uh the 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 search uh for a coach, just the state of athletics as a result. But again, we gotta pivot because this upcoming weekend is the start of basketball season. You know, actually, this is important. Not only do you have to start a basketball season coming up but you've also got the start of the, I believe you got the second half of the indoor season.
5: Cross country. I mean, yeah, I mean indoor track. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then you also right around the corner have got uh
5: baseball tennis. and softball,
1: baseball and softball. Uh, so a lot is happening while we're getting into this. So, you know, we, we, we cover all things, fam, you athletics. Uh, and, and I know the conversations get hot and heavy. So, and I know some of you guys wish we could just talk about this for three hours, but you know, we don't, we don't have that kind of time in the evening. So we're going to take a break, come back. We've got Olivia Antilla, former uh, women's family, women's basketball player. Uh, of course, live for hoops is where you can find her on Twitter and YouTube. And we're going to talk about the preseason for our men and women's team, which is starting on Saturday uh, at Bethune cookman uh for the men and women so uh you guys keep the conversation going <clears throat> keep it respectful in the chat um you know i am not you know i'm moderating but i'm but i'm being loose with it uh so you know keep it keep it respectful you guys in the chat room whether you're on facebook or youtube and uh we'll come back right after this break with more you're watching the ONG strike zone right here on the black collar sports network.
0: We're back.
1: It's time
0: for the 2024 Urban Nerd Con. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Fairly Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon Giovanni Samuels, the Science Machine Michael Green, the Sci-Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Ross. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit theurbannerdcon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember... Our
1: heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there.
0: We're
5: going to Florida, and we're going to bring you back a victory to Jackson.
0: God yeah. to what What you say not Chuck? <laughs> man, you a plump fool, man.
1: All right. Welcome. Welcome back to the ONG strike zone. Couldn't go without a, a little taste of Chuck there. <laughs> um I just, plum, I just, fool. The plum fool. Plum fool. Uh all right. Coming up, uh, we've got uh Livia and if you don't know who Liv is. This is the accolades fam. women's basketball player from 14 to 16. Look at the numbers, the numbers. She knows her stuff. Straight baller, baby, uh, top 10 and count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 different categories, including leading the team, uh, in, uh, scoring both years that she was at FAMU. uh, nobody did it better. Well, I'm, there may have been a few, but you know, look, uh, she did it. She did it really well when she was there. So, uh we got uh Liv coming up here so that way uh you guys better know. Uh let me make sure I bring her in. Liv.
2: Hey. How you doing, Liv? Good. How are you guys? What's Good. up, Liv? Doing well. Doing well. Happy New Year. Yes, happy New Year.
1: All right. Um it never gets old when you when you see that see those stats and pictures, does it? Live never gets old, does it?
2: I'm definitely a person who doesn't like the attention, so I get super like I shy away from that. But I do appreciate it to let people know because I've been getting questioned lately on why should anyone listen to me. So what? Thank you for that. <laughs> hey,
1: look, uh, you you've been coming strong with uh, strong takes all all. Uh... All uh, all uh pretty much since since uh we, we've gotten to know you and since you kind of come into this space. Um, so uh definitely appreciate you. Um let's get a couple things out of the way here as we uh as we come into the uh, women's basketball season and the men's season starting. We got to give uh some props and flowers to our SWAT player of the week most recently um ariana grizzle um who had a a great uh game against uh north florida um 31 points three rebounds three of six from the arc 57 percent from the field uh she was on fire you got a chance to watch that performance live what was your take on um ariana
2: I mean, she's just, she's a straight scorer. I'm glad she's getting this moment now for her to truly show her talents. Last year, she was in more of a backup scoring role. Whereas this year now she's been given the ultimate green light and she's showing the, not only her ability to score, but her versatility, her ability to get to the rim, her pull-up jump shot is, it's so, it's really, really good. She deserved that. um, And Kariah Beck deserved it either way if it would have flip-flopped for who got what both those two were very deserving but Grizzle she held it down like she's been holding it down but that game she really she went crazy and did her thing it looked she looked really good that game
1: okay um as we go into this upcoming season um the ladies we'll, we'll start with the ladies always ladies first um the ladies are going into the start of the season with a 1-10 in 10 record, but by my count, unofficially, I counted four games in which, in the non-conference, were winnable games that they lost by a possession or two. Uh, losing to Sam, at Sam Houston by three, home to South Alabama by three, on the road at Detroit Mercy by six, uh, getting outscored by 18 to nine, had a lead going into the fourth quarter. And then of course that game that Ariana had a, a good night at, uh, we lost that game in overtime. What's your, what's your evaluation of what you've seen thus far from the team in the non-conference?
2: Yeah. So those were the four games I had jotted down as kind of like non-conference disappointments because those were four games that were extremely winnable and games that they were leading at one point um, towards the end of the games in all of four of them. It was just poor decision for for most of it, especially, for instance, during Detroit Mercy, they were only down two. And instead of just attacking the basket, they literally shot like four threes in a row. They shot a three, missed, got it back, dribbled out to the three-point line, shot another three, brought it back. There was so much time. Um, It was just they in close games, they can't close them out. And also, they don't have additional consistent scores. It wouldn't even matter who the additional two are. But on a nightly basis, they don't even have two people that they can consistently count on. Now, that's the key word consistently. Mm -hmm. I don't care if someone had 20 points before if the next game. They have four and the next game they have six grizzle can't do it alone she's showing that she can score that she can lead and even uh coach took her off the point which i've been saying to do all year let her off the ball let her be a true scorer. find someone else to do it but now they need other people to step up and that's if they don't fix that and it it's really unfortunate that they're going on the road to play bethune their first game but they need to fix that problem. Someone else has to give a consistent 10 to 12. Another person like give eight to 10, like they need, she needs help. That's really what it comes down to. She needs help and they need to have better decision-making.
3: Who could that person be? I mean, Nancy. Okay. I had to jump in. Go ahead, Liv.
2: It (laughs) is one of them. One of them. She has been from a basketball standpoint. She is very inconsistent. she goes, She'll get extremely hot and the next game, be extremely cold. They moved her to coming off the bench. And I thought that was a great move because the game before that's when she went like it, she had an outlandish percentage, but then now that FAMU has moved to the smaller lineup, which we've talked about before and works to their benefit. She's back in, she's been sprinkled in and out of the lineup and she's gone back to being inconsistent. I think they need to just move her back to coming off the bench. And then I'm start Hendricks because I will say versus North uh, Florida, I saw a lot more confidence from her. I think she's still getting adjusted to the college play. She's not the player who's going to come in. The freshman's going to come in and give you 20 right away. Like she's adjusting. I think she can give them that six to eight. She can defend in the post. Um, and if it's not the then Sylvester needs to give something, and Zubarath needs to stay on the three-point line and shoot. Catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. That's, That's what, it. like
5: don't do nothing else because she's a terrible machine. If she do anything else on the offense, catch and <laughs> shoot. I'm sorry, go ahead, Liv.
2: all so if she would just stand there and catch and shoot, she could easily give 12 to 15 a night. Like, keep it simple. You're a shooter, just be ready when Grizzle drives. She jump stops in the middle. Be ready for the kickout and hit that shot. Um,
1: One of the names I didn't hear you mention is actually leading the SWAC in minutes per game, and that's Shawnee Gilbert. I mean, she's leading the SWAC with 37 minutes a game right behind. Well, actually, she's ahead of Zay Green uh, over at UAPB. Um, and then of course, Grizzle is in that top five uh with about 32 minutes a game. Uh what's your what's your take on uh Shawnee, Nashani Gilbert?
2: The thing about Nashani Gilbert, and I've said this on Twitter X, I don't care what she gives on offense because she does everything else that no okay. one on this team does. She's the one who dives on the floor, consistently takes charges, is playing the most minutes, never she does not take breaks. So if on offense, she's being smart with her shot taking, because at the beginning of the season, that was a big question mark for me with her. Her shot selection was poor. It has improved since the first game. I don't care. She'll give you your little, she'll give you like four to eight. But the fact that she gives this team everything else, I don't fault her for not being able to give us 12 to 15. Someone else has to, because She legit does everything that does not show up in in the stat sheet.
1: Ditto. Um, Who do we need to see? Who does this team need to see an improvement from uh, in order to have a a successful uh, season? Um, Or, you know, uh, where do we need to see? Obviously, you've gone through a... The, a lot of the main players there—Grizzle, Gilbert, uh, Sylvester—but I, I feel like—is there somebody there that you think is missing, or hey, we need to see this person come back or or show up and to really kind of change the, the 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 trajectory of this team?
2: To be completely honest, and I've said this online, it's not going to happen. If okay. if The only thing, if Skylar was healthy, she seems to be very, like, last year she battled injuries. This year she's battling injuries. The reason I like her is because she can give, like, a bigger body on defense. But what I've seen from the other players, they don't have what you can teach. Like, you can't teach. You can't teach aggressiveness. You can't teach that dog mentality. You either have it or you don't. And this is based on what they've shown me. Do they have... You know, positives and negatives like every player. Yes, but unfortunately for FAMU, the small lineup is what works best for them, and they're gonna have to run with that and figure it out. And there's, there's games they're just gonna have to they're gonna be extremely undersized. But I still think for the offensive flow and spacing on the floor and the ability to press, that works better for them. And I think those five guards in the The bigger, like Hendricks isn't even big, but she's about five ten. And then Gilbert's five ten, and Delancey's like five ten. They need to figure it out. Like I've seen them battle down there, but that's just my opinion. I don't see any other production coming from players we that we have seen thus far this season.
1: What are you gonna add, Kelvin? So
5: I totally agree, Liz. But uh, it's not one person, but as a team. There's two things I think they could do. Everybody got to step up a little bit. Not not because because they're competitive, right? So we don't need nobody to you know all of a sudden average ten, which they ain't capable of. Or, but what 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 can happen is of the guard play and outside of grilling. I'm talking about turnovers specifically, and I'm talking about Rats specifically. If people understand their role and what they're good at. That can help this team. And then because we've got to play a small lineup, pressing and getting easy baskets, I think is really key. I think Coach should try that a little more. I know you worry about rebounding it and fouls and stuff. But but, but to have a puncher's chance, you're going to have to take some risks with this team because you just don't have the numbers in terms of size, in terms of scoring, um, and athleticism overall to play team straight up. So you got to you got to got to you got you to gotta muddy the game up and try to get some easy baskets.
1: Um what other keys to success in the conference season do you uh do you, are you looking for for this team, Liv?
2: Sorry, I'm scrolling down to my notes. Oh, that's all right. Uh Calvin hit like I said, Grizzle can't do it alone. Uh, She can't. So someone, regardless of who it is on a nightly basis, they need other people to step up and contribute. And yes, she takes shots, but I think all of she'll maybe have like two bad shots a game. And I'm like, "Eh, we could have done without that, but I'm not really mad about it. Um, They can't afford to not get the 50, 50 balls. Like they just don't have the extensive talent to get away with that. Like teams that don't have the offensive power you cannot take breaks on defense. You have to limit your turnovers. The 50-50 balls have to be yours. They need to stay out of foul trouble. Like, they're kind of on a tight leash because they do not have, like, they have one player who you can be like, go give me 20. And they just don't have the personnel in order to make mistakes. So from them, I just, like Calvin said, I would just want to see a little bit more. I thought I saw that for most of the North Florida game, it was the turnover bug that completely switched. They were up and then they came out in the fourth quarter and it was turnover, 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 turnover. That's what, that's the momentum that that switched that whole game was they started turning it over. Um, But if they can limit turnovers, do the little things, keep the rebounding close it's going to be just looking at the teams of the SWAC I think they can be competitive rebounding with most teams but there's some where unless they're sending two at a specific person they just got to keep it close and within reach but those are kind of my keys to success for them I I honestly think seeing all these other teams because I actually watch if they play this right, they could possibly push for that eighth seed, but they cannot afford to, like, they have to sweep Alcorn. they play them twice, they only play Valley once, and they only play Texas Southern once. Those are four games they cannot lose. If they go those four, and then, you know, they beat a PV once, or they split with, uh Grambling or Southern, they really have a chance to make that push, but they just have to be clean. And like Calvin said, know your role. Know what you're good at and don't play outside of that. Like, just know your strengths.
1: And I want to show this to everybody because obviously you just mentioned it. Here's the preseason rankings from – this is before the non-conference started. And as you can see, we are preseason tenth. Um, so you go back again. You were mentioned. You mentioned uh, who are those keys again when you look at this, and and how does this team? Because uh, you were talking about how this team can sneak into that eight spot, maybe even a seven spot. I don't know if I'm being optimistic there. But uh, again, what? Repeat that again, live in, in comparison to what you see, and 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 who who it, who within this preseason poll is. Sort of right where they thought they were predicted, and, and who kind of has maybe dropped a little based on this. It's about right. So the Is <laughs> go ahead. I'm Dan. like,
2: I'm like. Besides the last two, maybe even the last three, I'll give. I understand why people put FAMU at ten. I understand that because these preseason polls don't put into account transfers, freshmen, like. None of that. It's based on like what you saw and what you know. Right. But if they 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 need to sweep Alcorn, they have to beat Texas Southern. They have to beat Valley. I think they could split with PV. Um, they could even Alabama State has a really two really good post players, but their guard play has not shown me anything significant to where I'm like, oh, they're such a threat. I think they can split with them. I think this whole list, this is preseason, but based on what I've seen, this whole list, I would not rank any of those teams besides the last two where they currently are. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, so so what is your what what's so I'm I'm putting you on the spot here.
2: Hmm.
4: Who,
1: who's, <laughs> who's your eight? Who's your eight? Who are the eight teams that uh that Olivia says will make it into the swag tournament?
2: So, for sure, I have UAPB, Jackson State, Southern, Bethune, Grambling, Alabama A&M, and then those last two spots, I, I don't have Alcorn making it. Those last two spots, based on what I've seen, are really up for grabs just based on what I've seen from personnel. Cause like PV, they legit play 15 people. They average over 12 minutes. It's hard for them to find a flow. They don't have huge posts. So our lineup can work well against them. Alabama state, like they're coming off of losing 35 points a game with their two players who graduated. Like they have not found an offensive an offense that works for them. They're also averaging 28 turnovers a game. Um, I just, for sure, for me, and this is no t, no shade to these teams, but I don't have Valley making it, I don't have Texas Southern making it, and I don't have Alcorn making it. So if you can just be steady and compete and at least split with teams, they can possibly make that push for the 8th.
5: Hey, like the football team used to uh defend Bragg. Well, we gotta defend Lawson. We gotta
1: defend the pit. Yeah. Uh there's that there's that schedule there as you see it. Um hey, in come terms on. of uh <laughs> what'd you say?
2: I said they start out with a really first four very hard game. So they're gonna be tested. That's four of
1: your six. That's four of your your four of your top top sixteen. Yes. Hell, it might be four of the top four, four of the top five right there in the first four weeks, right?
2: Yes, honestly, yeah. Yikes.
1: Um, well, uh, you know that that good tune up. You know they gotta they gotta be competitive there. Um, we've got Southern at home, Grambling home, and uh, then we travel to UAPB. And then uh, by you get to that time where maybe when you go to Valley, hopefully you're still healthy. You know, right. I think that's always a key. Can you still be healthy after playing those four games?
2: That that is right. And not Valley has a player who who is really good, um, Shadiman McKnight. So it's not gonna. That's not gonna be a slat game. Like, they definitely – she brought in a whole new team besides one player. And so it's not – I don't think they're going to get walked over, but I feel like Valley will win a game this year, and they'll shock somebody and walk away with a W. It just, fam, you better make sure it's not them (laughs) because
1: (laughs) – Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't see that. How many times do we play Valley this year? Only Uh, one. Oh Jesus, that's on the road. Okay, so we got to make sure we go to Valley and get that win. All right, um, flipping it over to the men. Uh, the men coming out of the non-conference are technically two and nine, but really, if you count them against just Division One opponents, uh, one and eight. Um, and uh, <laughs> What's uh, who are are some of the spotlight players that have impressed in a non conference uh on the men's side?
2: Yeah, so for I'll start with fam for them specifically, I think before this last stretch of games, I would have put KJ Parker in there. I don't, but last game he went one and 11, the game before he went 0 for 10. Um, so he's kind of fallen off for me because I'm like
1: freshman fatigue, freshman fatigue, maybe.
2: It might be because he's, inconsistent. He's he's playing a crazy amount of minutes. He's just he needs to find his footing in the college pace and the rhythm with the team. But I will say Keith Lamar has been the most consistent player for FAMU. Um, I've really liked what he's given this team, and I mean I'll just I'll say that. And then Heady from Bethune Cookman, he's been awarded Impact Player of the Week and Player of the Week multiple times. Um and Madlock from Bama State, they I think he's just I like the way he plays. Obviously, coach's son, but he earns his minute. Someone said, "Let." <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reading the that's comment. What I, that's <laughs> what I was laughing
1: at. Come on, Demetria. Demetria. Come, on Come on now, stop it! Don't do that.
2: Um, and then from JSU we have Kev. Ken Evans Jr. who's predicted player of the year and I think he will get that. Um, Dozier from Grambling. No one talks about Grambling because they've only won three games uh, in the non-conference but I mean they snuck out that that championship last year so you know. Um, and then Joseph from Southern he's been very very he's been their kind of scoring power and then from UAPP, I have Milton Williams and French. They are all three of them have been playing out of their minds. They're three of the top five in the SWAC for scoring. Um yeah, UAPB, they they got some scores on their team.
1: Um, all right, here's the here's the the men's print. Now, now you look at now, think about the season that we've seen live. Mm-hmm. And what you've seen in this preseason, I mean, I, I'm like, wow, okay, you 11th, but really when I look at the top, I'm like, really? Um, I think people have underestimated Jackson State and Southern mm-hmm. who were preseason four and five. I think they are better than that. And I don't know if Texas Southern is as good as everybody thinks they are. What's your take on this preseason rankings and – How does FAMU, where do you see FAMU? How does FAMU get into that eight spot or better?
2: So always like the preseason is just based on what people saw last year. And because Texas Southern made that crazy run, people are like, oh, okay, let's put them at one. But like, as you see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams got a first place vote. So it wasn't like unanimous, like how Jackson State for the women, they had the bulk of the first place votes. Um, from what I've seen, I do think people underestimated Jackson state and Southern for me personally, they are the two top teams right now, based on what I've seen. Um, and I want people to really understand that even in losses, I can see things. I use like my knowledge of the game, my basketball IQ to see like how they're going through the loss and what it looks like. Um, Exactly. Wait a say that.
1: Say say that again, Liv, Because hold on, let me let me come back to you. Because like you said, you got people questioning you. You played the game. Say that yes. again, Liv. Say that again for people in the back who might have who might have went to go get a cup of coffee or 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 a drink. Say that again.
2: So, I always use my basketball knowledge, my basketball IQ that I've used from playing and coaching in order to analyze a game. I'm not watching for fun. Most of the time, unless it turns to like we're blowing them out, I'm watching from a lens of analyzing and what I'm seeing. Is the point guard insensibly insensibly turning the ball over at a high rate? Is the post player still getting great position and dominating? Is the rebounding margin still close, although they're losing? What do their perimeter shooters look like? Are they getting off good shots or are they just jacking it up and being volume shooters? It's more than just wins and losses, and that's why – the non-conference season for the SWAC and even the MIAC, it's so misleading to how teams are going to be when it comes to actually playing because the money games, they, they just kill everything. And so when you're playing like Mississippi Valley, they played Gonzaga and then the next night they went and played like another ranked team, like back to back to back to back nights, but Valley is perfectly placed. I want to be really clear with that, but for FAMU specifically, I so this is what I said for men. Um, the men's side of the swag it's so different than the women's side because everyone can look at the women's side and see kind of the two front-running teams because they have scores, they have players who are true posts at that 6'6'' six, six size. For men, the trend that I've been noticing is that it's going to come down to which team's big man is the most dominant. Every team, pretty much every single team, their best player is a scoring guard, and they're good. They can score. From Texas Southern, P.J. Henry, who – and then um, from Jackson State, Ken Evans, from Southern, Joseph, from Prairie View. He's more of a forward, but uh, – what is his name? The fifth. I know he's a the fifth. UAPB, they're three, like – Their three people are their guards. I have yet to see, besides when O'Neal played in that Chris Paul HBCU classic and he's playing out of position because Jackson State's post player is injured still. There is no post that has impressed me on the men's side, including ours. And that's, and you know, to them, it's not all their fault because they can't true posts can't get themselves the ball. Right. So that's a problem in themselves. If you as a team. And that comes from the coach. If you're not telling, and this is across the board, not just FAMU, but if you're not telling your guards to get your posts involved, that's a you problem. When them big hungry men are running up and down the floor, ninety-four feet a game, banging their bodies, and you're not feeding them at least once, like you're not even giving them a touch or a look, I a post player is gonna get pissed. Like I'm doing all this, I can't get a touch. So if fam you one kj parker has to become back consistent they need him to score like they need him to score they just do and when he is on he's on but you can't be inconsistent going like zero for 10 is crazy and then the next game going one for 11 like you i know that gym is open because when i was there it was always open
1: I love
2: <laughs> you're laughing i'm like all you had to do was say I I'm going to go shoot like and so if they can get when they've got their post involved, they've looked well. That's what happened in the win versus Presbyterian. They got their post players involved. They were both getting touches like and to me, FAMU's post players are not black holes. They're not players who every time they touch it, they have to go up. They can make reads. So they need to get them involved in whichever team. This big man is most dominant. I guarantee you is the team that is going to come out on top at the end of the SWAC tournament because there is not a single team yet with a big man that has been consistently dominant. Go ahead. Calvin.
5: I'm just letting <laughs> Brian know the me is. <laughs> oh no!
1: Oh, you jump in there. Go ahead.
2: That has been consistently dominant. Like it's a very guard-dominated conference on the men's side.
5: Go ahead, Kel. yeah, excellent analysis, again. I I totally agree. I got a question for for Liz because I have my own opinions about it, and it frustrates me watching the our men's team specifically, but it does apply a little bit to the women's side too. If you have a team that is not very good in the half court, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna and you're not gonna feed your bigs in the post, you, then what kind of offense? Uh, you know what kind of style of play uh should you be be doing because we, uh, we we're hard to watch at times in the half court mm-hmm. uh the men the men take a lot of bad shots they got some p- players now but they take a lot of bad shots and they have some careless turnovers mm-hmm. so so what's your what's your what's your input on that
2: in my opinion, the men should be trying to speed up the game and get quick layups. Like, it's and that really comes down to because they don't use their post. I feel like if they went to them more, and this is just, basketball is so easy. The sooner you get your post involved, the sooner the perimeter opens up. But instead, FAMU just likes the guards to shoot, 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 drive into the paint where you have a big six, nine, seven footer who is not, I mean, they both shot maybe a few threes, if even that. Like, they primarily stay in the mid-range and the post. And if they don't want to speed up, then they need to do more pick-and-roll offense. The only reason why, I've seen that they've had shooters kind of step up and get into it, but pick-and-rolls are only effective if you have consistent shooters from the outside that demand that help side to stick to them. So I, it's just so hard.
1: Let me tell you guys something. Now you, you guys are picking on our shooting and I'm sitting here looking at the statistics in the conference, right? This is all non-conference. You know who the number two three point field, three point field goal percentage team is in the SWAC. Us. Damn you. 34%, 30, 34%, which is uh, number two in the conference. Now, you know, you say what you say about shooting 34%, but hey, when we do shoot them, we're actually not that bad. So, 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 you know what that stat tells me?
5: Our conference, tell Our conference sucks. <laughs> Our conference sucks at unit three. You got like you said something.
2: <laughs> that shit, It is. I'm like, where are the pure shooters at? Like, what's right. happening? But I well, was going to say to your comment, I was also going to be like, where are they placed in the standings before conference play started? Because.
1: Well, that's all, that's all non-conference. So, I mean, no, nobody I conference starts on Saturday. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But now there is a gap between first and second. Now UAPBs in first, uh, they shoot the lights out. I mean, they, they've hit <laughs> over 155 threes on the year. They shoot like 39%. You don't want to run against UAPB. I don't know how many times we played them this year, but but when when that team comes in the gym, they're jacking them. They're shooting them, and they're making them. Um, Now, go ahead. The the other thing I was going to go to, the other stat that, you know, you talked about, Kelvin, you pointed out turnovers. Well, we're not – statistically, we're not as bad as you think we are. We're actually – number we're, we're second from the bottom in let me hold on let me and in terms of average per game we actually only average 11.9 which is the third fewest turnovers per game in the conference if but you contra- go ahead live, live saying, and get you right I was, I was <laughs> i'm just giving the stats I'm just giving the stats. Don't shoot the messenger.
2: I know. Stats can be super misleading because the issue with FAMU's turnovers is they're always timely or their turnovers, from what I've watched from their games, they almost always turn into the other team scoring. So even if another team has a higher turnover rate, what is the turnover to points ratio for their opponents?
1: all turnovers, right? That that that's that stat. Unfortunately, is not immediately available here on Swag.org. So, and and, and
5: let me add to that the fact that what we average per game. Well, so okay. if you on if you're only putting up 60
1: points per game, eleven turnovers is a hell of a lot. Six, yep. Sixty-five <laughs> points a game, second fewest in the. Uh, Second fewest output in the conference. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's but the, the, the one thing I was going
5: to add on, on the men's side real quick is that Bettis is still hurt. I think somebody asked. Uh, yes, yeah, somebody he's still out. Still injured. And, uh, and and I think he probably going to be out most of January. He probably won't be back in February. We do have uh, a former guard back, Jalen Spear, who's a tr- true point, Right. And can penetrate. Um, I thought he had transferred. He did and he, he transferred.
2: Did. Yeah.
5: Yeah, he back. Okay. He back. He was and, in the and and um what I what I would say is, and I and we've been saying this, and I don't know, and it's it's no need to hide from this. Everybody knows. This. I've never figured out why we don't play our shooter. And oh, stop and it. stop it. And, 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 and call it <laughs> And I, M- and I'm gonna call his name. I, I don't know. We, he's a lights out shooter. since. sit. I mean, he transferred from the Big East. I mean, I, I, he has games where if you give him enough minutes, he goes with twenty. It's proven. He has a history. He's won games at the. At the I just
4: I don't is understand. He, he I don't a- understand
5: what he got
1: against uh, Stevens. I I don't understand that. I got, I got. You know what? I got one, two, three, four, five. I got five guys who shoot better than him. So, you know, he, 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 who I shall not name. We got five. Shoot, and shoot better than him more in, more in, what? From the, from the three-point arc percentage-wise. Oh, on our, on our team. On our team, yes, indeed. This year, this year, this year? Yes. How, yes. How many, how, how many attempts does he have? How many? Wait a minute. How does how many does he have? Him? Yes, yeah, he's, like... he's three. <laughs>
5: right three. three. Come on, come three on, time. Time. come on, Brian. I, well, why are you I, gonna I, try to,
3: that's why, not why, statistically why you, significant?
1: Why, well, why are you gonna try me like that? Okay, so but you without know I I, all I, the games, <laughs> well, you need to pay attention to to uh one, yeah, two, three, that, four, that, that five. Was, that, that was real shallow, man. I'm disappointed <laughs> yeah. in you.
3: Look, I have a quick question. No, I guess for. for a, Kelvin and Liv. Now listen to y'all. Going over the woes of the basketball, men's basketball team. What's changed? Uh,
1: good question.
3: We haven't we got two big men, but we haven't used them like we haven't done in the years past. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah, scoring man, like and past. we're turning the ball over. So what's different from last, from this year to last year?
5: I'm I'm gonna take a stab at it real quick. Um, since I was around that sport a lot when i was at Famu. i don't know if we get as much from our assistant coaches as we did early on Uh-oh. i can tell you jared jared stevens could coach and he did a lot of extra stuff away from regular practice scheduling time and he wasn't afraid to get you know go to coach McCullum during a game and suggest things I don't see a lot of that going on now so that's that I'm I, that's one thing I would guess is a difference I, outside of got, that he's nothing
1: got, he's got two coaches who've been there with him for a lap for for a few years now at least a three for about four seasons
5: yeah yeah they've been there but I mean I, I I'm just I'm just saying all right
1: I don't know what their contribution yeah, I it. what would you like to add? What has changed? Has anything changed Liv?
2: I mean, I would say probably not from like from the 21-22 season. Like the reason why I think people look at that season and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so great. And not to put everything on one player, but MJ Randolph ran that yeah. team. Like, let's be honest. It it was his team, it was his program. Like, and then losing him. They just had, when you have a player like that and other players aren't used to coming into the spotlight or they're used to the role of playing beside a great player, that's why last year they had a lot of, I think, a lot of the issues that they had was just losing, not having him there because he graduated, not having players, players can claim they want that limelight and then it's too bright for them, they can't step up. They get scared in the moment and they shy away it, from it.
5: It ain't but one Beyonce. Somebody <laughs> gotta be distance, this this
1: child. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> gotta be Michelle. Is that what you're trying to say? Come on. That's, now, what, stop. that's what I'm that's what stop I'm saying. It. Stop that still it, ain't sure.
5: bad. That still ain't
2: bad.
3: Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, don't be talking and like, bad about Michelle. I, and I, shame Shane Shame, I, shame, 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 shame <laughs> Queen B, she ain't That
5: ain't talking bad.
2: everyone can think they're a scorer and they're not like I just I think what it comes down to this season is the way it looks while they're playing is there's no established roles they're not using personnel to the best of their ability because I'm sorry if I'm out there Because I like Grant. I like what he gives when he gets the ball. Like, that's a big body, like, down there. He's not a black hole. I like him. If I'm a guard on that team and I have a basketball IQ, I'm getting him the ball. So it seems like, and that's no tea, no shade to those players, but the way they play is like they lack high basketball IQ. They're out there at times playing for themselves to get scores And that's what, what leads to the poor shot selection. It's just, it's, it's just a bunch of mess. But I think since MJ.
5: (laughs) As an analyst.
2: I'm just saying like a snowball effect when you, it started when MJ graduated, like, and then they go into trying to develop these players up, but then like, Coach came on here and he said we had an energy vampire who was ruining the locker room and he was sucking the life out of the whole program. So we can say that to last year, you had an energy vampire last year. And then this year you have, what's, I'm just wondering what's the excuse now because you're not using your big man. You claimed you had shooters. They're not being used. And I'm giving KJ a break because he is a freshman. He's playing some of the biggest minutes like As a freshman on this team, they just they lack leadership on the floor. They they have the personnel to be good, they just don't play like it on a nightly basis.
1: Wow, you you guys. Um, all right. They they, say a team takes. they say, hey, Brian.
5: I was just gonna say. They say the team takes takes the uh, personality of their coach. Mm -hmm. So.
1: All right. All. Uh, you can go ahead. Uh, you, you, you talked about a replacement for MJ. I'm going to give you a name. Uh, how about Keith Lamar? 10th uh, overall in the conference in scoring. <laughs> fifth in the conference in rebounding. Uh fourth in the conference in field goal percentage. Uh, I, I think that's a positive. There's a guy who averages 16 a game. Um, you know, and and you know, could, could he be that person? Maybe. I also would challenge you and give you how about uh, Coffee the third, Roderick Coffee to third in terms of stats within the conference, seventh in terms of assists per game, and actually second in assist to turnover ratio with uh, the second best ratio. So maybe. We can get, yeah, exactly. Maybe we can get production <laughs> from a few guys and, and defense. This team's got to get back to defending. Um, I, I think when you go and look at the team stats defensively, hey, Brian, you know, we allow a lot remember, of
5: points. Brian. You remember last year when we were only I like giving up, giving getting, up like
1: 59
5: points a game?
1: I forgot. I mean, we, we, we were like 55, right? we yeah. up. Yeah, we, right,
5: we were dead last. We were, we were we were sucking it dead last in Division well, hey, One. We're scoring, scoring ten
1: more points a game now, Kelvin. We're scoring ten more points a game. Ross is giving up about twenty five more.
2: Half full, and I'm such a realist of what they're showing me. And you're just like, <laughs> they do this, they do this, like you're. <laughs> they, they, but they,
5: that's that's what's frustrating, Liz. the reality to is I'm the reality is. This team has pieces. Mm-hmm. They, do. they do. They do. They do. If, if, if they, do. they could figure, if if coach could could figure it out and and, and rotate those pieces in correctly mm-hmm. to their talent, they can they can make the tournament for sure. Yeah. But 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 you know we all will be shocked if they
2: do. Yes, I you know? think all all of SWAC would be shocked if they do. Besides Brian
1: thank you i'm not going to be shocked i'm not going to be shocked i'm not going to be shocked hey hey
2: the, hey last
5: thing the other thing they're missing is when you talk about that mjt they're missing leadership from uh on the team themselves right this team don't have a true leader and that mj team the year before as well as when he was there they had what uh the year before mj junior year they had like eight seniors or something yeah. like that and, and those guys had played together because you had the COVID year. They had been together like three or four years. So, that one was special about that team. And you still had about – MJ Sing. you still had about four holdovers from that team. So, they had leadership and guys who had played a lot of ball. This is a new team. So,
1: all right. Uh The season begins on Saturday in Daytona Beach against Bethune, uh, Liv's gonna make me give Bethune props because they are a good team. And you know, I, uh, after that win, the, who who they beat the other day? Live where Bethune actually looked really good in a win. Who they beat? Mm-hmm. Mercer.
2: They beat Mercer when Chanel Wilson hit the game winner against their like six four shot blocker.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So uh, look, we we need Rattler Nation to, to get to the uh, the small the small gym. And uh, more gymnasium. How'd you do playing in that gym? Uh, did you like that gym?
2: So it's so funny. I went back and I actually found my game when we played there. They had the band on that little tiny stage. They <laughs> they had the cheerleaders standing on that small little baseline. It was packed. It's because of the size of the gym. It's probably one of the best environments to play in because it gets full super fast. Their fans are loud. Like it's it's a fun environment. It's very hectic. So I couldn't believe they had the band up there. Like I was like, are you trying to blow our eardrums out in this little tiny gym? But it's a, you know, this is a game you should look forward to when you're playing Bethune. Like this is a huge, it's a huge game. And so I hope they come out knowing like that history of knowing like, don't take this lightly. Um and I hope they just compete to be honest. But I will say lately when I've watched Bethune's games at home, they do they do get a crowd. And I know they've already been online being like, we're about to pack this out. No rattlers are gonna be allowed in there. Like they're ready. So it should be a fun environment for both teams to play in.
1: Wow. Um all right. What else you got playing, Liv? What's going on with uh you, I know Do you want to make an announcement. I know you're going to talk about uh, some things a little bit, maybe tomorrow, but I don't know uh, any, any plans for the, uh, your preview of the, of the Slack season. What's going on with that?
2: I'll be posting some videos about that. Okay. I've been, so many people are just wanting different things and I'm going to do what I want to do. Cause that's, that's what, what I should do. got 10 million requests. Um, I will be posting a string of videos of the preview for the six games this weekend, including my predictions, who I think is going to win, um, what to expect, the matchups that I like. Because the matchup, if you guys don't let these records fool you of non-conference games, because it means absolutely nothing once conference yeah. play. If yeah. like teams were dropping crazy games last year, like none of that matters. Bethune is a really good team and I have been, you know, I've been saying that all season and they have two really good post players, which makes me just nervous for FAMU, but I think it's going to be a great matchup. Grizzle's going to see one of the top defenders in the SWAC and Dunn, who's I'm sure going to face guard her the entire night, but Mm -hmm. I'll be posting videos and letting you guys know what to expect and where you can watch the game, what time it's at, so you literally have no excuses to not support your school.
1: Well said, Liv. Um, Appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for taking time out this evening to get us going. Um, We'll have a couple of – well, let me see. After we play that game in Daytona, are we – I got the schedule right here. Let me look. Home games. Okay. Louisiana schools. But that but that is uh the following Saturday. So Saturday
5: and Monday, right.
1: So basically we've got Saturday and then we have a, a whole week off before the next Saturday, which is the home debut. So this Saturday we're in Daytona Beach. Next Saturday is the home opener against Southern, and uh, that'll be time to pack the pit. So hopefully the student body, the student body will be back, the band will be there. And, uh, you know, we can, we can, uh, we can hope for some, some good play. That's, that's all we can hope for. Right.
2: If you're going and, yeah. to the, please sit low. That gym is so big. If you sit up at the top, no one can hear you Children. trying at the lower half. So you can be a part <laughs> of the environment because that gym, I swear it was made for graduation. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful gym, but it's so big, but that Southern matchup should be good and I hope people like the way teams get better is when you get behind them when the fan base gets behind them and rallies them. So, I hope family shows up for that game versus Southern. And in Daytona cuz I know a bunch of family people live in Florida. So, Brian,
1: just a few. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm planning on going. <laughs> I, I plan on going. I'm, I I have a game up in Port Orange. By the time that game ends, I'm gonna go over to Daytona Beach. It's not far. So uh hopefully I can get there for the women's game. But worst case, I'll be there for the men's game. So all right, Liv, thanks for all your time. Have a good evening. Make sure to follow Liv on Twitter or X and on YouTube at Live for Hoops. Live for Hoops or Die Lonely, I like to say. So <laughs> bye live.
2: Thank
1: you, guys. Have a good night. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Live for Hoops. Make sure you follow her. Send her a tweet. Let her know you appreciate her. Okay, fellas. Uh, should we go back to the mailbag questions that people had? Um, or maybe what other... What other things did you want to hit on here? I know you had some some other... Were there any other talking points? I feel like there, there are always so, a bunch of talking points in this topic. So I I, I want to
5: go. I I want to go with, you know, I told you I was concerned once Coach had left, and um, you know, we talked about the bureaucracy of a family when you have a big search, you know, it's especially the football coach, right? High profile. Well i'm I'm concerned even more about things I've heard. We've heard about this letter. you know we're not sure how the interim coach got named over other coaches who had been around longer and and, and you know we, we saw a letter that was sent, but it had no signatures. The players are out of town, so who drafted it and then there's a backstory there that I'm not going to put out right now, but it concerns me, right? I want a transparent, I like a lot of candidates and I think all the candidates are, that I've heard are pretty qualified, right? Yep. I I can't knock any name pretty much that I've heard, to be honest. Right. But it bothers me when people are selfish and they take it upon themselves to think that, they need to lie or influence a situation, and um, and especially when you you know I always talk about student av- athletes' uh, experience, and I think it's really important that uh, if you about the student athletes' experience, then you can't you can't mislead, you can't lie, trying to get your person, uh, 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 get yourself in a better situation. One. The second thing is uh Coach Simmons said why he left, right? He gave he gave some some reasons. There's some other reasons that people can infer. And Marcus talked to some of those things, but we, we we when I I look at the interim and how he was named, no, no shade at him. He's fine. I'm gonna support him as long as he's the interim. But 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 how that process happened, we have no idea. They did. did that three and a half minutes and just said this person was selected. She didn't say if anybody else was considered on staff or, or anything. Right now, later on through a release through the that didn't even come from the university, the Democrat printed something, and that, that's when I talk about that letter. But there's there's another name that came out of left field, and Vaughn kind of talked about it. And you know, with NCCU head coach Trey Oliver, Mm -hmm. very qualified guy. You know, he's won. He's won a championship too. Have no problem. Now we, but Rattler Nation, we're small. There's no secrets in Rattler Nation. We understand. We we understand. There's a relationship there. And and you know, having a relationship with somebody who's qualified and, and them being considered wouldn't is not a bad thing. What I will say is this. We had a really good thing going with coach Simmons. You know, he was a good fit for us and we were a good fit for him and we were highly successful and championship level successful. If you did anything to sabotage the situation so you could, Look out for somebody else and, just, you know, then folks going to feel a certain way about that. If you reached out to somebody about a position before you even told Rattler Nation that you, you you needed money to try to get your coach. I'm just saying the problem with not communicating and being transparent with your processes before and now is that it gives life to whatever else people put out and people lose trust you lose credibility and when you lose that it's very hard to get it back and people will turn on you thank goodness right now the staff is loyal and you a special place we, we champions we do a lot well we got a great fan base we got great kids it's an environment that not many people want to leave But I would tell you, just frankly, I'm wondering how the AD's relationship with our former coach, was that also a factor? Of course, professionally, he is. He's not going to say anything about that. But some of the backstories I'm hearing now makes me wonder that. And I can can ask that out loud. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. So I'm really concerned about the process. And and that's why when you say, generally speaking, when I hear, you know, folks say, hey, you know, the AD, you hired them to do a job, let them do their job. That sounds good. But are you experienced enough? Can I trust you? And we have a championship program. And I would hope you will weigh all of that in any decision. With who fill this position? What does the play, What do, what do the players truly want? And you know, when you say you talk to the coaches or you talk to the players, make sure you don't talk to the coaches and you don't talk to the players, because you ain't all the only one talking to them. And I'm gonna leave it right there for now.
1: I I think what's interesting, and I'm gonna I want to jump in there on that letter. Uh, I agree with you 100% about the fact that nobody signed it. Because if you go back to thinking last time we saw a letter from student athletes of the football program was when? That compliance situation. And I still have a copy of that. And I I think I I, want to hold on to that. I may even frame that thing because that is powerful. And the fact that people signed it. now this thing that got to the Democrat I feel like that's straight for gazy. that that I, I as like fake news as far as I'm concerned because there's no signatures on it. it's it's an anonymous leadership council which last I checked was made up of some guys who were graduated. If I recall the leadership council, I mean I don't know did, did all of a sudden the leadership council did it change? All of a sudden, once once the guys like Jeremy Moose and those guys and Isaiah Major, those guys are gone. Uh, You know, so who's a part of this leadership council? I just think what I'm starting to see is, and this is like you said, Kelvin, kind of kind of what's worrisome: people's interest above the student athletes. Now, I don't I don't think. I don't think I have to know everything that the athletic director does in this process. Okay. So if she had one-on-one private conversations in order to name this interim person, I'm okay with that. I really am. I, I don't know how, you know, in the, and I, I, I'm disappointed that you, you went on, you went around the chain of command because apparently the chain of command in the program, you had an associate head coach right what what's the purpose of having an associate head coach you know that you're not going to give any responsibilities to and then go name somebody else but whatever um i'm not even so much worried about contacting Trey Oliver the head coach of North Carolina Central um you know uh a, a, a fellow journalist a uh, uh Miss Keisha Kelly, Black College Experience. She she reposted a video clip from April where our VP was at the Black Sports Business Symposium. And she was referencing the uh I think it was the COVID year or or the uh period in which uh VP Sykes talked about being. In a Zoom call, or just being in a position to help coaches who were looking for somebody who was from an administration level to help them sort of answer questions about how to be interviewed, things you need to do to prepare yourself for an interview if you want to move forward into other coaching jobs. So she built up a network of coaches. Um, She even referenced having a conversation with Willie Simmons before even knowing that the FAMU job was going to come open. You know? So, do I think she's qualified to put together a list of candidates? I 100% think she is qualified to put together a list of candidates. I think the question that we all have to ask is Does her value. Do her values about being a coach at Florida A&M align with what has, what was, and what it should be? Like we are, we are those gate. We're not. We're the. We're the constituents that the head coach. You know. I mean, essentially, the head coach is, is playing, is coaching for those players. But at the end of the day, we as alums and we as fans, we're the ones that, you know, we're either going to support the program, support the coach, support the AD or not. So there has to be some sort of value alignment there. And what has she always said? She wants every student athlete to walk out with two things. A degree and a championship. So when she went left in the women's basketball hire, well, she went left and she went left with somebody pretty dynamic in the sport of basketball. I don't think you can do that in the sport of football. So you got to find somebody who's won. So when I hear you her, her saying that, or, or if you just go with the, the premise of, hey, I'm 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 just reaching out to get a feel of, hey, Trey Oliver, you know. Now, from what I've been told, Trey Oliver recently signed a contract extension that puts him as one of the highest-paid coaches in HBCU football. Trey Oliver is a North Carolina Central alum. He and his wife, they're from and alums of that market. Now, I start to think, if the salaries are competitive, why why would Trey Oliver, who, who has an athletic director who is also an alum, Okay, why would he want to leave? Why would he leave North Carolina Central? You know what I'm saying? Is the FAMU job that much better than North Carolina Central? To make a lateral move at probably a same price point. You know? That's a great question. Don't know, to be honest. Um. But I, I think the 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 things that trouble us and worry us about whether we're going in the right direction, all start with the values and the direction and the vision, which again we we don't know the vision. We haven't we haven't been we are we haven't been privy to the vision, which that has to change. Hopefully, it will. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, as every day, there's probably going to be a new name that comes up and comes out. And, you know, I don't, you know, we talked on our show. I, you know, I, I don't know about the, 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 you know, in terms of endorsing a candidate. I mean, I know we all have people that we like. I, I think we're all in agreement that we'd like it some we'd like to see somebody that has famu ties. We we have enough good people that have famu ties that can keep this thing going. That can help us reload and not rebuild. Uh Marcus, you want to add anything here? Um
3: I listened to the replay of what HBCU game day did earlier today. Vaughn made a good point. And I thought about this the previous days. He made an analogy of advocating for an in-house candidate, just because you want to keep a good thing going until the wheels fall off. And he made the analogy of the eighties, 49ers, the nineties Cowboys and the 2010 North Carolina a teams, even though, you know, playing different levels. So I guess my concern and, I'm just curious, and we'll probably never know. There may be some people in Rattlin' Nation who already know how things went down, good, bad, and ugly, in terms of why Coach Simmons has moved on to Duke. You know, there are, and I'll elaborate a little bit on it, where, you know, you have career aspirations. But I'm sure there's probably a component, and it came out, you know, the other day, you know, probably in his emotional response when he sat down with Vaughn, you want to keep this thing going. He's a hometown kid. And this is elaborate a little bit on the paper. About the and <sighs> there were so many things in alignment with him being here. And can you bring in someone? I mean, like Kelvin said, uh, coach Simmons and coach prime are one of one. So we can't expect a duplicate, but the things that were in place, And the things that were tangible, or things that were made tangible, that were intangible before with Coach Simmons leading this program and being such an integral part of the community, can that be replicated by bringing somebody in, especially somebody from the outside? That's what concern, that's what, uh, it's a potential to be lost. And so that was my concern about that and even with the in-house candidate you can have that continuity but in terms of the overall impact you know what, what's gonna what potential is what is lost there in terms of the momentum or in terms of community impact and you know, there's nothing we could do about it now because coach simmons is now a Duke. but well, there's a lot of tangible and intangible things by not keeping this ball rolling. So you have to make sure you make a wise selection. Yeah. And it's not even about, I mean, it is about winning, but some of the things I hope that came out of some of the things that came out of the piece that I spoke about about an hour ago is that there's a lot of intangibles that coach Simmons brought to this community that you can't replicate by somebody who, you know, just wins games because coach Simmons is doing more than just winning games. And so that's one of my concern, one of my tangential or secondary concerns about this process in terms of what the next selection will bring to the table as it relates to promoting FAMU, the community changer, FAMU the beacon in the Big Ben. And Coach Simmons brought that, and had no issues with bringing it every time he stepped foot in a public space.
5: And and you know what? He could also deal with Rattler Nation, right? We 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 <laughs> yeah. we, we are we are unfairly critical. We are, me included. We are. We we have I we have big expectations. And our expectations usually are bigger than our pocketbooks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 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 he 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 dug right into that. He embraced that, right? It didn't bother him not one bit. It didn't offend him. And and that's a trait that everybody ain't got. <laughs> you know, coach Woods, Coach Woods took the job and he hated it. He hated it. <laughs> he, he didn't hate his paycheck, but he hated being here.
1: What year? What so, year did he hate being here? Which year? I, first year? I, or?
5: no, no, I'm gonna say it this way. I hated every year he was here. <laughs> so, Man. so it's it's reciprocated back.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, um, but but no. So I, you know, and I say it on the show. So I just want to make sure whoever get a job. Like I say, almost all the candidates I've heard are qualified. But I do want. I hope that we're smart enough to take in the intangibles of what it means to be head coach at FAMU, because being mm-hmm. head coach at FAMU comes with a whole lot of stuff that you don't control and that you got to put up with, and you got to smile, and you got you got to meet people, and you got you got to shake hands, and you got to, and you it, it, it can't be phony. You got to be real about it.
1: Mm-hmm. It,
3: Kelvin. On top of that. Step And you've mentioned to it before, you know, a step into any role at FAMU comes with a lot of expectations, especially the football coach, because of the legacy of what the fans expect and and the legacy that's laid out in the field house, in Gaither Gym, and in the history books. And now we have a head coach who goes out on a winning. I mean, it's almost like it's not to the same degree. It's like following Gaither. But you're following a coach who is 22 or 23 and two in conference. Just went out on a national black college national championship with the number one rated defense, and that's a big those are big big footsteps to fill. And I don't know, uh, it somebody's going to accept the challenge. And like you just said, we can be sometimes unfairly critical. In season one and season two, whoever steps in, you have some big shoes to choose yeah, shoes. yeah, we're it's like we got
5: a, we got a good team.
1: <laughs> and, and, and expectations on swole. Hey,
3: that's let, that's a lot.
1: Let me ask uh let me let me ask you guys this question. I had a, a good friend of mine who is a swag uh SWAC legend. Uh, involved in the swag for years, asked me the question and said, Am I correct when I say this football hire is the most important coaching hire in FAMU history? Is, is that mm. we is, got such a rich history, I don't yeah. know Something like
3: that.
0: Yeah.
1: I I, I agree. And I, I told him in
3: his recency re- bias."
1: I, I told him I, I basically said uh in current history last five years um I'd say yes and, and it's probably just behind the the uh VP Sykes hire. And, and the reason I say that is because the VP Sykes hire came after the controversies that followed the previous administration and how that ended and things that, you know, financially that departure hurt FAMU. I believe, I believe that departure hurt FAMU from the standpoint of things that could have been that weren't. So now her hire is is that stability given given what happened with our compliance issue in that season at the beginning of the year and being able to chart us on a path where we can financially grow. You know, I, I thought that was it. But this head coaching hire, and this might not be the only big hire of the year. This is another thing you got to think about. So, let Doctor Hey, I, I was listening to Doctor Kenyatta Conville's show. If you guys don't listen to the Sports Lab on Tuesday, Thursday night, you're missing out. And I believe, uh, no, no, he may have said this actually on our spaces. He said this on our spaces. The most important hires at a university, right? I think he said, your president, your athletic director. Your head football coach, your head basketball coach, and probably your baseball coach. He said the five most important hires at a university. Right. I I I I, 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 I look. She could be making two of them in twenty twenty four. Well, she knows we know she's making one, and very well could be making a second. One of those big hires, right? So I'm just saying that is how important her hire is. And this hire is, uh, EA said legal counsel. You know what? Legal counsel might be in there as well. I don't know. But uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I
3: don't. This is a a big hire. Not only, I mean, for any school football coach is a big hire because um, athletics is the front porch, as many people have said, and football is the lead ornament or the lead thing on the front porch. So, hey, we raised
5: we raised one hundred and thirty thousand and climbing in forty eight hours because of a of a football coach. Leaving. That if that don't tell you how important football and athletics is at Famu, when is the last time we've ever done that in that amount of time, and that's without any plan, not knowing that it was coming along, that the ass was gonna be here. So, I mean, mess around if you want to find out. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say. Uh, Brian on this because I've got everything I want to get out but we talked about that letter and we talked about the players the athlete experience if you follow any of the student athletes on the football team they're, they're letting you know who their candidates are and the first names that were coming out of their mouths were the Billy Rose, Smith & Rocks, KJ Blacks Right. Now you've you've had a, a couple of them more recently who mentioned right. the interim, but but I'm just saying if you look at if you just do informally look at Rally Nation, look at the players, look at the coaches, the same names appearing. If you go outside of that, you better hit a damn home run. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, um, I will say. You know, remember when we were back in this discussion talking about where the funds go, and I'm going to replay this here. Uh, the Rattler Athletic Fund is there to assist the athletic director, and so many times we promote that Rattler Athletic Fund link, that is a way in which people can directly support athletics uh, year round. You year-round. can always go
5: there, you can year-round. set it up, at reoccurring. You can set it up as reoccurring. Same thing with the first, the family first fundraising campaign, the NAA has is account that you can set up. You can, you can um make it reoccurring every month. So, so we have some mechanisms mechanisms in
1: place to be able to give to athletics. Right. And, and what those other organizations outside of those other organizations Have to get themselves aligned with a strategic plan that makes sense towards the growth of athletics. We talked about a lot of people were in the comments wanting to say, Well, what about other sports? How do all sports? What we got other championship sports? Yes, we do. And yes, those other sports need funds too. And guess what? There are accounts, there are mechanisms in place to help people for those. Sports, you know, Um, we, we just, we just really need to, and I, and I really hope what comes out of this again is it creates that understanding that a clear vision is needed because you can't wait. You can't Go wait. Ahead. You can't wait until the last 12th or 11th hour to want to match an offer. We got to have we got to have things in place.
5: Well, well, and all I just want to add Brian is we can't wait for it. We hmm. can't wait wait for them to give it to us. We got to help develop develop it with them. We have to be united and it's all of our responsibilities. Stop thinking people who got titles got the answers. Some of them in company as hell ain't got no answers. <laughs> <laughs> some of them have a look. some of them have. But I'm just saying, what we're doing is help helping to educate the masses, and hopefully, we'll all understand how important it is for not just to give. Every time you hear them talk about Luna, yeah, I need to give more. We need to do more than just give. We need to be involved. Yes. That's different. Mm-hmm. If you if you got fifty thousand dollars, the 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 blow and you can just throw ten thousand, that's great. But hell, if you throw that ten thousand out there and they spend it, then they gotta come back to you for that ten thousand again, that's stupid. Have mm-hmm. some endowed, take that ten thousand dollars and endow it, you know, put it in a money interest account so that it generates money every year. We got to we got to think about business and how we do things differently.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's and, why
5: we that's why we sharing it with you all.
3: Yeah, and, and to that point, Kelvin, I was I was on a, another chat, and last week as the money was rolling in, and it was it was amazing to see. But I made the analogy that um, why does it seem like? And I couldn't think of a movie title, but why does it seem like this is a romantic comedy where you know somebody got to leave or threaten to leave for you to act right? So and that's one of the reasons I asked the question to um, Curtis Johnson about, and you posed it very well, how do you make it more proactive? And I was and followed up with that to ask, considering what I was going to talk about later about Coach Simmons having indicators the last five or six years that he may be going FBS or, or looking for something. Why didn't we anticipate that either from a financial standpoint or from a, a contingency standpoint? And he made he as much, my, my, Mr. Johnson and said, you know, we learned some lessons here. But I think for anyone who's watching and like for those dedicated folks being, in, you know, in the pit or having discussions, and maybe we're just too spread out amongst the, the fan or don't have a concentrated place for the family alums to kind of think about it, the right was on the wall. We should have anticipated that. And, you know, we, I wouldn't know if we necessarily would have promoted it because he's a, a great coach and a a seemingly great person, but at least anticipate it and have some degree of foresight that something like this is going to happen. We're going to have the financial reserves and the infrastructure in place in order to identify candidates quickly to replace someone who's clearly on an upward trajectory. So hopefully the lessons that were taken from this going forward that, within the, the power within our, our best power collectively that we have that we can better be, be better prepared for that next situation if we select the right coach or coaches for a given sport because you know it's not limited to one who knows coach gocon for all we know somebody could be looking at him
5: not only that those coaches who win championships have usually have clauses in their contract too like coach shoot mm. if you win if you win the conference if you win an NCA game, so so the football coaches ain't the only one who won't get those bonuses, it's all coaches. And the yep. last thing and the last thing I add to that is uh the reason I hop on internal operations so much uh we, we talk about the alumni giving and we talk about ad and administration and leadership always get left out of this discussion is because Right now, I you know, I have department don't control revenue streams that they should control, and if they don't control it, that don't, that, that don't mean they necessarily have accountability of those revenue streams. If they're not controlling tickets, which is one of the top three areas typically of avalated department in terms of revenue, if they're not controlling their some of their concessions or 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 or, or the auxiliary areas like the north end zone, I mean. That's a problem, and but that's the decision that's made by the university as a whole. And so, I I I I suggest that you know that athletics should have their own auxiliary department that does those things, but it should be under the umbrella of of athletics. And like I say, if you look at some other larger state universities and some other organizations, that's how it's structured. We need to separate if it's if everybody say it's got to be self-sustaining, but hell, a lot of their contracts are tied up with other auxiliaries. If it needs to be self-sustaining, separate it out. So those are just things that need to be discussed and explained in um more detail. And, And hopefully we'll have that town hall at the convention, if not sooner, the NA convention, and we'll be able to help develop. The future of, of, of our of, of our athletic department. Mm-hmm. I'm done.
1: State of the state of Rattler athletics is needed. VP Sykes, I would tell y'all to send an email to her, but for some reason, other than Chad Ocho Cinco, our ambassador, there's no way to contact the AD if you go to famuathletics.com. Now. You could maybe, if you're ingenious enough to see how everyone else's email addresses are set up through the university, you could probably figure out her email address. But no, you couldn't. <laughs> no, no.
5: It's not as in, it's not as intuitive intuitive as a, you would think.
1: That's shameful. It is. That's shameful. That's shameful. That has to change. Yeah. So I guess so. I guess what I would tell you to do, um, tweet it to her. Um, I mean, she's you know, she reads your tweets. Um send, send her a tweet. Let her know that you know you want a clear vision. Don't just don't just tag her in your tweets and messages that you're out there firing out, but direct it straight to her. And and, and just say, hey, VP Sykes, when will we have a state of the union or state of Rattler Athletics? We need to hear the clear vision that you have for our athletic programs in 2024. It's time. So, yeah, I I agree with, uh, I agree.
3: Um, Edwin, you better be careful. careful.
1: Yeah, I don't think she'll answer any questions in uh the public forums. Although she is very uh she well, she was. She had been very uh active. If you are part of the Rattler Boosters, you can usually 220. catch her, you two, and, and the two twenty. Uh, but but even that, you know, she's she's making less appearances there. Um So, that's why I said the most direct way, apparently, is not an email, but it's a tweet, you know, or a post. So, post it. Well,
5: and and Senator, she got a a chief of staff or whatever, that that young lady's name that she brought with her. So, make sure that person gets it.
1: Uh, Markel Broussard. Uh, she she is the executive assistant to the vice president, so um, her email address is there. So maybe you send it to her, and maybe it'll get to the VP. If enough of you send an email to her, I I mean she it'll be hard to ignore.
5: And I, I would CC the the president and the uh,
1: and the uh, board chair too. I don't know if her DMs are open, Edwin. I, I to be honest, I I doubt it. I think they are. They are?
3: Yeah, make keep it on athletics though.
1: That'd be yeah, that'd be uh the
3: the other thing, um gosh, I forgot the thought I was gonna make.
1: You, phone I number you can contact out. the athlete contact the athletic mm-hmm. department. The main number, you mm-hmm. know, athletic phone line. It's right there. Go three five yeah. two five yeah. uh three eight six eight five nine nine three yeah. eight six eight.
3: But the other thing, I guess, one benefit, I guess, one of many benefits, of her articulating a vision of where she sees athletics is to understand where she sees athletics in terms of that's all that's her all. aspirations. Like as she says, like you know what, I have a five-year plan. I want to see us have like a thirty-thousand-stadium with multi-function or multi-use. I don't know what it's called. Multi-use buildings, and I want to have. I'd like to have. 15,000 season ticket holders. Doesn't make it happen. Five years from now. So, and I'm not, and I'm just saying in terms of what her desires are, you know, where she's not necessarily, I'm not throwing out the gauntlet, like, you know, you better da-da-da-da. It's just a matter of what potential does she see here? And it may even push, just like the button was pushed this past weekend. And like Kenya said, you know, vision, all this other stuff. And she says, I believe we have the potential to, go from here to here in a five-year plan this is what i need y'all to do and you know if that's articulated and, and clear and even if it pushes the administration and the bot and they say oh you're going too far it's like well that's where she sees it and if y'all don't see it then you know you can either get on board but it would help and you know she may have like dr cavill says might end up you know on the outside looking in, but if she sees the potential to say, Hey, I see us winning average in six championships a year, you know, this many season ticket holders, this much in a our, our Rattler, uh, endowed athletic endowment X, Y, Z, because I believe that we have the strength numbers and numbers and the dedication within our alumni base to do it. And that lays down the gauntlet for us lays on the Godfor administration and everybody else who supports Raphael Athletics to make it happen.
5: Hey, by the way, those who were talking about uh the 220 club uh that's going to be a, a while. They they announced uh that they won't have another meeting till they've canceled all meetings till the end of February. Woo. Just for the record.
1: Well, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, that's gonna do it. Let's let's uh, let's let's pack it up. Um, uh, again, uh, we will we will keep our ears open. I'll keep our eyes open. Uh, obviously, every day some some new info comes out. Uh, I will say it's encouraging to hear that uh, the recruiting is still happening. Uh, we've seen news of players committing to transfer to florida a m we've seen uh, if i'm not mistaken the only two players that i've seen pop back into the portal are the two florida state guys mm-hmm. uh everyone else that uh you spotlighted and we spotlighted uh last wednesday it just seems that seems like forever that episode we did last wednesday seems like forever <laughs> <laughs> so much is happening. yeah, yeah you
3: know. none of this yeah none of the signees have, have backed out and the yeah. two verbal oh, commits right. from florida state yeah they're, they're but see the only thing and that's another question i have they but, get but they ted-
5: yeah they to get not tied.
3: yeah because I, uh, I know when, NCAA, the coaches, when, they,
5: yeah, when the coaches leave they have like a 30 day window
3: mm-hmm. and uh, i wasn't sure if that's from a coach getting fired or just leaving in general fired or just in general just, oh, okay. just in general I knew the fired one because that came up with Michigan State in the early in the season when their coach got in his mess and they had a 30 day window to transfer. So I knew about, <clears throat> excuse me, about, you know, if a coach is fired, but I wasn't sure if that applies for a coach leaving for another position as well. But we haven't heard a peep from a couple of other verbals, but the two verbals we have for Florida State an offensive lineman, Quasar Sap, and running back, Rodney Hill. They opened a commitment, but we haven't heard from. I guess we got a verbal commitment from a Michigan State linebacker who's ironically from the same high school as Quaishon Sapp, Lee County in, in Georgia. And uh, the verbal commitment from the, I guess he's a grad transfer from Central Michigan. He's, I guess he's a 6'8, 250 defensive lineman and tight end. So I don't know which position he's being recruited for, but I think the tight end. Assistant tight end coach is the one that retweeted, so it may be for tight end. Haven't heard from them, and it looks like today we just presented an offer to someone I presume is Isaiah Major's younger brother, Jeremiah Major, who's a defensive tackle, also from um, Central Michigan. That came down either just before or during our show.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Yes, hon, is still in the
5: portal at this time. Okay.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was, and that's a position of need.
1: I, here's here's my thought, Mike. Uh, State of Rattler Athletics at the NEA convention. I don't think that's the right place for it. To be honest, I think it needs to happen sooner.
5: It needs to happen.
1: Period. Well, yeah, I I think I think waiting five months from now is too long. You know this this should happen. At the end of January. Well, well, well,
5: well, Brian, I I I would a caveat. I would like it sooner, but it has to be meaningful too. So if you have it in a month, but you know, there's no real ideals and there's no execution, then I don't know how beneficial that is, and people will lose that trust. And, and and people are kind of separate from it, so I do agree it needs to be sooner. And um and, and and I would like for it to be led by her in the in the president, frankly. But but I would hope if they have one early, whatever comes out of that, they're prepared by the convention to say, all right, we took what what we discussed and what y'all gave us at this town hall meeting, and now we're prepared to present our vision and what we plan on doing moving forward. So I agree with you. I I just hope it's is meaningful.
1: And, and actually, Edwin Edwin says uh her anniversary is actually technically tomorrow. Uh if I'm not mistaken, she was hired January fourth. Officially, she started January fourth, twenty twenty three. So tomorrow is her anniversary. So uh I'm also told somebody hit me up. Uh my guy Keith hit me up Instagram. Uh, she, she's, she, she replies to people on Instagram. So you can, you can possibly get into DMS on Instagram and talk to her there. All right. Okay. Contribute to the show. However you can, we appreciate you. Whether you choose to use the super chat on YouTube, if you're on the Jericho broadcast networks, my JB one page, or you can donate, there's a link on the square link. There's a Cash App link there. You can also check it out in the description for details. Every every cup of coffee that you bless us with is appreciated. It'll help us, uh, you know, travel to some more events. Uh, We're looking to try to see if we can uh, can be in Tallahassee and do a couple of live shows during the basketball season. Uh, Some other things that we're trying to plan. Put some things in place, uh, maybe even that that relates to uh, covering softball, covering baseball, but it, it just helps uh, us a- and be able to do this show and keep doing this show uh, the right way. And so uh, you can always support. Please make sure you're following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Also, you can go watch a lot of clips on YouTube, uh, the show replays. You can find it on our YouTube channel at ONG Strike Zone if you uh, will go and subscribe there as well um, that's gonna do it for tonight's show be looking out Marcus is gonna uh, he's gonna finish that article maybe kind of we're gonna do some last little edits on it and try to uh, I'm gonna clip that segment that uh, Marcus did a great job talking about and we'll clip that put that out there so you guys can can watch that again but he'll also have the article out uh, so he just kind of gave you a sneak peek into what that article will look like. And so that'll be uh if not uh today, it'll well uh tomorrow, probably by maybe Friday, we'll look to try to have that posted. So sound good, Marcus? Yep. All right. Well again, thank you, Rattler Nation. We appreciate uh all your support this year already. You guys have been fabulous. Uh uh keep sharing the show, sharing the feed with <laughs> Rattler Nation. Maybe somebody didn't see the show and uh what is that? uh the belt. Uh yeah. We have to come up with a belt. I don't I don't know. I'm not paying 3.99 for for a belt, but uh maybe we'll have to come up with something a little a little more affordable. Uh No. Nah. Oh the, the old school the old school leather yeah well
3: you have a switch
1: switch yeah
5: we hey we, we
1: saving it because we're trying to unite at this point educate and unite. unite yes we're trying to unite we, we're hoping the whole the goal is to not have to use the belt in twenty twenty-four. So don't be so quick, just be patient. Let's keep faith and uh say your say your prayers for this administration. And uh, for our VP, uh, who give you but give your input exactly, give your input, write your letters, write your letters, send your, do your emails. Send your there you Instagram. go, yeah, do all of that stuff, and uh, hopefully, it'll be heard. So, uh, thanks, thanks to everybody. We appreciate all of you guys for uh, checking us out. Uh, for uh, again, we want to thank uh, Curtis Johnson, innate uh, National Alumni Association president. For coming on in the first hour. Uh, appreciate Liv, Olivia Antilla for coming in and talking uh preseason basketball with us in the second hour. And uh for my guys, Kelvin and Marcus, I'm Brian Fulford, uh, Rattler Nation, things up. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again out here in those streets. And uh, don't get into any Twitter beefs that uh, we wouldn't get into.
3: Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, put your energy in something positive.
1: Yeah, put your energy into something positive. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. All right, guys, have a good night. God bless you. Be safe. We'll see you next uh, Wednesday, probably. Uh, hopefully, Lord willing, next Wednesday. All right, peace out. <laughs>